Good evening and welcome to Vanity Fibers Football. My name is Merle Birch. I'm coming to you live from historic Dragon Stadium on the campus of Ron Rock High School. The first of three visits here this fall. The Vipers get ready to open District 25-6A play and defend their district title against the Stony Point Tigers. I'm joined once again by engineer and sideline reporter Brock Bollinger, Gold Dixon running the board back in the studio, and I've got the video streaming on Viper with my better half, Christina Weber, Bertrand, helping me keep that dialed in. Scott Schroffner back in the not-yet-frozen north helping out his parents. Hank Hudson is away in business this week. We didn't want to have just anyone join us on the broadcast. We've got a very special color commentator tonight, a ringer, if you will, former Vandegrift and Mary Harden-Baylor offensive lineman and forever Viper Matt Sanders is making his broadcast debut. Matt, welcome aboard. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, Merle. I don't know if I'm a ringer. I'm more of an emergency QB coming in, but uh, excited to do this. Well, uh, I mean, uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of cool stuff throughout the night, but let's talk about tonight. You've seen these uh, 2023 Vipers several times this season. In fact, you said this is the first year you've been able to yep. really watch them in a couple of years because you were off playing college ball and that kind of thing. So you know what it takes to win district games. What's it going to take tonight to get off to a good start and you beat these Tony Point Tigers? You know, I think I've watched the Vipers a while this season, got to be able to because of, you know, like you said, the college thing. And I think tonight it's all phases of the ball. Um, Defense has to stop the outside zone. That's one of the favorite things the Tigers like to run. They pride themselves on that. I know they have a workhorse, uh, or a, I think they call it a stable of bats. They got right, three of those right. guys they rotate in. Um, we take care of the run. Um, we'll be able, we'll be just fine on defense, I think. And I think emphasis on special teams. I got a little tip from somebody, somebody in the program that they saw there was something on punt, and we might be looking for a punt block tonight, which is I'll be excited for if that happens. Well, uh, if uh, if you're right. We're going to take you up on it. We're going to check the lot our numbers as well because if you're able to predict the yeah, future, you might, wanna, you might want to put money on that right now. <laughs> uh, well, what about that? You know, what's your impression of this Viper squad overall? What have you seen so far? Do you like? What do you hope to get to work on as the season wears on? Yeah, I, I've been super impressed with the Vipers this season. Um, as a guy, you know, going to, who's been there when we started out in 6A all the way all the way to where it is now. I've seen it, you know, here and there. And um, just the improvements we made as a program to, you know, being in the state championship last year to now, I think this squad is good enough to go and win it for the first time in school history. And to see that um, then progress and keep getting better will be what I'm looking for tonight. Well, that sets the table here. We're about 12 minutes away from the opening kickoff, so we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear from Matt Stad, Vipers head coach Drew Sanders, as he talks about last week's important win over Waco Midway at Mass College, alma mater UMHB, and get his thoughts on tonight's matchup with the Stony Point Tigers. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers Football on the Horn. And we're pleased to be joined once again in the pregame show by the head coach of the Vatican Vipers, Coach Drew Sanders. And uh, Coach Vipers got pushed a little bit by Waco Midway, trading scores in a game that was 21 to 14 in the second quarter before Vatican secured an impressive 48 to 17 win. Your thoughts on a third straight Vipers victory? Well, we talked we talked last week about how I felt like they were going to push us defensively. They had um, a couple of nice receivers and a big O line, mm-hmm. and um, I know they were kind of young, but they can get in your way, you know, and their quarterback is really good. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that, how big he was. And, and unfortunately, some of that followed through with what I said, which was he could break some tackles, he could do a few things. But what I got from that was, you know, we had a, we had a couple of um, issues um, injury-wise then, um, you know, had to have some guys step up. But what I got out of this game is that our offense stepped up when they needed to. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really proud of that. And I liked our guys' response after having a couple, having some adversity. 
Um, and, you know, it's not always going to be 30 nothing at half. And right. they need to understand that. And they definitely got that message um, that, you know, guys, we're going to have to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of this is 6A football. And so I, I think that's what I kind of gained from, you know, this game is that, that those guys, our coaching staff, again, with this year's team, pushing through that and, and playing through it and finding a way. So you, you kind of touched on it. You know, I don't like cheering for the other guys, but I thought it was kind of good that they came out and gave the Vipers a bit of a struggle because you're going to need that down the road, obviously, in the playoffs. What I thought was impressive that the Vipers came out and won the second half. Well, they struggled so far this year. They won that 21-3. to Your thoughts on the second half? Yeah, I totally agree. I thought our adjustments at halftime, I give credit to Coach Young and Coach Griffin and all my defensive coaches. They had great suggestions. Um, definitely called several of their things that they suggested, which was great. And uh, to hold them to three was just what we needed, you know, in the second half. And then our offense was, I mean, they milked the clock. I mean, you talk about operate the clock perfectly. We'd run some. We'd pass some. We only defended three drives. Right. And we defended seven in the first half. Yeah. And so that, you know, that it's easier to hold somebody to field goal when you only have three chances. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, we held them five of seven drives, you know, in the first half. But, see, that's what people don't really think about is just, like, possessions. Right. And and that's why I think we play really good complementary football here at Vandegrift of you don't need to go fast all the time. Sometimes you need to slow down. Sometimes you need to run the ball to win the game. And that's what was just a textbook example, I thought, of Vandegrift football in the second half. Well, uh, Deuce Adams, Miles Coleman, E.L. Adams, all the receivers, they have big games. That seems to be the new normal here. But uh, talk about Zayda Oliver getting the first 100-yard rushing game of the season behind the Vipers' offensive line. Zay's a great story. Um, I, w- I wish you could listen to this interview. You know, he's probably not going to listen to the radio. But, you know, Zade um, was going to not even play football coming into high school. He fancied himself a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed him walking off uh, the field one day and said, no, you're, you're going to play both. You're going to do basketball and football. And he said, okay. <laughs> and that was really easy conversation. And uh, and then, of course, look at him now. We're starting running back. And, and I said, with legs as big as that. Because his legs look like that, honestly, in eighth grade. Um, you are going to play some running back. I can just see it. And I was really happy for him. His growth personally as a professional football, as, as a like um, high school football player, he's not professional yet, um, you know, was just great. And uh, so he makes, me, he makes me smile when I see him running the ball. And just because I think he's just such a great story for a lot of people. Didn't want to play comes out, now has personally developed himself through Coach Wilkind, the running back coach. A lot of people may not know him, and through his own hard work. Um, so, yeah, very rewarding to see him get um, over the century mark. Trying to get Vipers head coach Drew Sanders a guest here on the pregame show. The Vipers opening up district play and their title defense against Stony Point at Dragon Stadium. And the Tigers off to a 2-1 start. They're always a feisty bunch. Uh, your thoughts on this year's version of the Stony Point Tigers? Well, They've got long, fast people on defense. Number one, I think, is their their guy that runs around. He's um, Cam Cook's brother. You remember him from last mm-hmm. year. He's very, very good. They have several good players, but he really stands out to me. And um, then offensively, same system. Have three running backs they rotate through. Um, they're going to run the ball and then try to do some play action. That's their theory. Um, and so we, we've got our hands full there of just they just like to run. Like a, like a zone blocking scheme, so you never really know where the running back's going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, bye week coming up, you mentioned the Vipers a little bit banged up. Uh, as, you know, playing three good opponents in nine district, that's going to happen. You don't really have a say in when the bye week comes up, but is it coming up at a good time for you guys? I'm always fine whenever. You know, we've had it every which way. Right. 
and um, I wouldn't like it the first week or second week, you know, mm-hmm. but anything after that, I'm fine with it. And so it's fine. And, and we call it improvement week around here. Mm-hmm. You know, we do not, there is no rest. There is um, only active rest. You know, we're going to do a lot of stuff and get better. But we haven't talked a ton about it besides, like, we got to beat Sony Point. I mean, these guys are, are good. Like you said, they're always going to fight us tooth and nail, and so we better bring our A game to Dragon Stadium. And they're a young bunch, too. I noticed that, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, they had a really good freshman team last year, and mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me. Um, and so they've got they've got several sophomores playing for them, and not only playing for them, making impacts. They're actually really mm-hmm. good. So you're going. I mean, they're going to be good this year, but watch out for them in like two years. Well, we got a special uh, guest color commentator tonight. Uh, your son Matthew Sanders is joining us. I'm sure he'll be listening to the pregame here, here uh, as we uh, uh, play it for you. So any advice for Matthew before we get on the air tonight? Oh, yeah, um, Matt. Hey, big shout-out to you. Appreciate you. I think you're going to do great. You're probably the next John Madden uh, coming up. He probably doesn't know who that is, Merle. But, well, you know, he plays Madden football, you know. He uh, probably thinks he's a video video game developer. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see if he actually – you may need to ask him that after his interview. <laughs> who was he? If he can answer this, he gets a Whataburger on me, okay? So we'll see. Any final thoughts on the game itself before we let you go? <laughs> um well, I hope our guys come out and cheer us on at Dragon Stadium. We need every fan there. They're going to have a good crowd, um, and hopefully see you guys there. All right. Thank you, Coach. Good luck. Thanks, Merle. Bandicoot Piper's head coach, Hugh Sanders, our guest here on the pregame show. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Bandicoot Piper's football on the horn. CW Print Services delivers creative marketing solutions to showcase your brand, allowing your business to grow. With years of experience in print and marketing, CW Print Services uses the latest design and production techniques to bring your ideas to life. With CW Print Services customizable templates, your employees can order their own business cards and more without you worrying about brand consistency. CW Print Services' goal is always to exceed their customers' expectations. Online at CWPrintInc.com. That's CWPrintInc.com. Texas Malibu is your exclusive dealer for the number one brand in water sports towboat. Malibu. With locations in Austin and Texas Sea Ranch in New Braunfels, Texas Malibu covers all of Central Texas. Their newest location is opening this fall in Marble Falls, just minutes from Lake LBJ. Come and see the enthusiasts at Texas Malibu in Austin or Texas Sea Ranch in New Braunfels or online texasmalibu.com. That's texasmalibu.com. Get on the water with your crew and make memories that'll last a lifetime. Family time anytime. Always worth every time. On our way, chicken eat. Dangers rarely lie out in the open, so no matter where you live, it's important to know harmful pests can hide in and around your home. Rodents and cockroaches are drawn to food waste and garbage. Ticks lurk in tall grasses, and mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water. Rodents, ticks, and mosquitoes can all spread dangerous diseases. Seek the facts you need at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Ham Day, one of Austin's most iconic celebrations of community and live music, is back September 19th. Now in its 18th year, Ham Day is raising awareness and critical funds for Ham. Ham Day will offer more than 200 free live music performances all over town. Ham provides access to affordable health care for greater 
Boston's low-income working musicians with a focus on prevention and wellness. Visit myhaam.org for the complete schedule of events, how you can donate, and get involved. The next disaster is coming. The time to get ready is now. Make a plan. Choose meetup locations and keep a contact list. Build a kit with food and water. Don't forget your pets. Keep extra medicine on hand. Make copies of key documents and keep them somewhere safe. Stay informed. Learn about local hazards and sign up for alerts. Be ready. Learn more at americares.org slash send us in. Coping 19, brought to you by CDC and the Ad Council. With everything going on, there may be times you feel like you can't handle it all. Journaling, meditating, and talking with friends and family can help you feel more grounded and better able to cope. Your kids are also going through a lot of new experiences, and simply talking with them about their feelings can be quite powerful. Find more self-care and coping tips at coping-19.org. Stadium at the campus of Ron Rock High School in Ron Rock, Texas. Merle Berkman here along with Matt Sanders with you moments before kickoff. Coach Drew Sanders, Vipers commanded 3-0 after pulling away from Waco Midway in the second half for a 48-17 win. The Stony Point Tigers and the longtime head coach Craig Shesher are coming off a 5-5 season that saw the missed playoffs with a 2-5 district mark. They finished non-district play this year at 2-1 after blanking Pflugerville 19-0 last week. They've also defeated Austin High 24-21 and lost to Colleen 48-40 thus far this season. Matt, what do you remember about playing Stony Point? I don't remember much, honestly. It was a couple years back. Um, I know when we did play them, they had a, a lot of good athletes that have some speed. Um, so that's the first thing um, that I think the Vipers are going to have to look out for. Well, this will be the sixth meeting between these two teams. The Vipers so far own a perfect 5-0 and mark thus far, including last year's 41-13 win at Monroe Memorial Stadium. You see the captains getting ready to meet at midfield. Let's go ahead and pause in seconds for station identification. You're listening to Danny Goodbye with football on the horn. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the horn. The captains meet there at midfield. The Vipers in the road white jerseys tonight with the black pants, black numerals, and the black helmet with the chrome and Sydney on the side. Stony Point in the navy blue, almost black, but it is navy blue. Uh, jerseys with the gray pants, big thick white numerals, and the white helmet with the blue uh, SP interlock logo. Weatherman, as usual, wrong. I keep saying that. When I come back in my next life, I want to be a weatherman because I could be wrong half the time and still have job security. Yeah, that job, you have unlimited job security with the weatherman. No one can get mad at you and you say, hey, you know, it, it's the weather. It's yeah, that's right, yeah. We were making all sorts of contingency plans. <laughs> what are we going to do if we get a lightning delay and this and that? It's beautiful sunny skies, wispy white clouds. The rain has cleared out. It's a beautiful night for football, about 85 degrees here in Round Rock. And uh, we are ready to go and get district play underway. Of course, we'll have a game tonight, then off next week for the bye week, and then be back to close it out. Vipers will get the football first. They'll be going from right to left on your radio dial. And we are just about ready to go. Got to ask you, Matt, because you're the only one of us that's been up in this booth that's ever done it. What's it like running through Vic the Viper heading out of the field? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know it was named Vic the Viper. We, we called him that. I don't think that's, that's we, what we call we him. We always called her a Nessie. It looks like kind of a long, oh, long yeah, like monster that. there. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a good little atmosphere 
Um, you know, being a, when you're younger, it's kind of cool. You get to hang in the back, and it gets kind of crazy in the tunnel. And then when you, in my senior year, when you're a captain, you get to be out front, kind of lead the sway. Right. You feel, you feel very cool running out there, get some nice smoke beneath you, and, and it's, it's a great way to get ready to go play some football. Now, how much, how much time do you spend in practice practicing all that? You know, we actually – You're dead to believe anything yeah. the chance. We, we, so. have a, we have a, one practice before the season starts. That it's a pretty lengthy, you know, hour long, make sure we're all on the same page, right. everyone out there. Um, and the, the first game is honestly, you know, if you, if you watch the walkout progress, the first game is always the roughest. And it gets right. better and better <laughs> as the year goes on, so – I remember the, the first game this season, we didn't get the, the walkout quite right. And I actually got kind of annoyed because I know it was supposed <laughs> to look way cooler than that. But. Right. All right, Noah Lopez approaches from left to right, kicks the ball away, and we are underway from Dragon Stadium. I guarantee at some point tonight it's going to say Dragon Diamond. That's a baseball field right behind us. So the Vibers will take over first down and 10 from the 25-yard line. Moving from right to left under the command of senior quarterback Deuce Adams. 23 out of 28 last week, 333 yards and two touchdowns. Brings him up to 47 out of 62 with 765 yards, seven touchdowns, and no Gosh. picks. And that's something that Viper quarterbacks, they just don't, it doesn't matter who it is, they just don't throw interceptions. Yeah. And that, that is one thing that the Vipers, um, just program, uh, you know, prides himself on is discipline. That's one of our hallmarks. And not throwing interceptions got to be pretty disciplined. So, first down, Ken Zay Oliver getting the start in the backfield. He had the Vipers first 100 yard rushing game last week. And now he moves up to the tight end position, and Adams pumps eight. Going to tuck it under and run. Got a lot of runner. Boss to the right side and slides down safely. Speaking of Dell Diamond, the 30 yard line for a five yard pickup, second down and five. That's nice protecting yourself. He was right in the middle of a couple stony point defenders there, so no reason to take a, a, a multi man hit this early in the game. Second down and five from the 35. Is moving from right to left. Ball in the far hash. No breeze to speak of. And handoff Oliver. Big hole in the middle. He's got the first down and more and gets it out to the 36-yard line. Needed five, picks up six. First down and ten for Vandegar. Looks like he was brought down by number two. Uh, Stony Point. Yang. Nice tackle. I don't blame you for not trying to pronounce the first name. White song. I'm going to guarantee you that's wrong. H W I S E O N G. Yeah, I, I I don't like butchering names. Yeah. I'll go for the easier one first or last. First down, ten at the 36-yard line. Receiver coming in motion, and it's going to be swung out of the near side to Miles Coleman. He was in motion. The 40 at the near sideline, 45-50, and shoved out of bounds at the 41-yard line. Started on the right, came behind the formation to the left. And Adams hits him in stride. Another first down for the Vikings. No, that that screen pass is just perfect for Miles Coleman. He just gets to already start running, coming out on the edge, and yep. he has a different speed. He looks like he is skating on the turf when he runs. Like he needs a head start, but he just has so much momentum when he goes in motion like that. It's almost, un- it's almost unfair to get him going like yeah. that early. First and 10 from the Tiger, 41-yard line. Going in motion left to right was Jay Scogan. Settles in the right side, two receivers left. Bootleg now to the right side for Adams. Under pressure, rolls to his left. Buys himself time. And it's going to lob that one up the sideline and out of bounds. Smart play there. Luke the fight another day. Second and ten. Number nine, Collins with the pressure. Forcing Adams to kind of roll around and have to throw that away. Second and ten from the 41-yard line. Just in the way from Dragon Stadium on the campus of Round Rock High School in Round Rock, Texas. Texas. 
One receiver wide right through the near side for Adams. Sends his brother in motion. Shuttle pass underneath to him. Go around, around the right side. Cuts it up to the 35. Breaking tackles and falls forward to the 32-yard line. Stony Point actually strung that out pretty well, Matt. But Eli Adams so strong. Kind of like yeah. Miles going the other way. Had so much momentum. He picked up a lot of yards after the contact. Yeah, he had three guys that ended up bringing him down there. But he just is falling forward because he's already moving so fast. The third down or two in four down territory. Handoff right up the middle. I'll just the first down and more. That's actually uh, 48 down to the 20 yard line to pick up the first down. The gang of the Tigers coming there on the second level, but he has so much room to run at that first level. I'm seeing a big holes made by this Viper O line early. As Hank Hudson likes to say, the hog mollies. He's something you know a lot about. I love to watch some good O line play, and it. You know, nothing's prettier, you know, at least for my eyes, than seeing a huge hole for the running back just to walk through. And that, that, that makes their job a lot easier. That's a free five yards without getting touched. Usually that means that somebody's lying on their back because you or one of your compatriots put them there. <laughs> First down and 10 at the 20-yard line. Empty back set now for Adams. Two receivers left, two to the right side. Dropping back. Good protection. Now the pocket breaks down. Rolls to his right. Squirts through a couple of defenders. Rolling right still. And going to tuck it under to get back to the line of scrimmage. Got a great, second down great pressure by number 90 for the Tigers. He's one of their best. I, I, from my report and what I've seen, he's the best defensive lineman right there. He is performing like it. And when he got one-on-one, he's going to give us some trouble. So we need to make sure we're double-teaming or sliding his way. And good coverage downfield. Adams had yep. nobody to throw the football to. Actually lost the yard in play. So second and 11 at the 21-yard line. One to see the right, one to the near side. Now the shift. Moves Golgood to the left and Brock Chilton to the left side. Hand off Fournier and he's going to push the pile ahead to about the 16-yard line. Gets about five yards on the play. So it's a third down and six from the 16-yard line. Stood up by about, looks like almost the entire defense all kind of fluttered together. A gang of Tigers stopping them. Big third down here. Yes, it is. In field goal range, they'd like to get seven, but got a pretty good kicker if necessary. And Noah called there. Want to see him on the field for a kickoff. Third down and six on the 16-yard line. Adams dropping back. Good protection. Now rolling to his right. Now starts back to the left in trouble. Spins away. Now back to the right. All the way back to the 30-yard line, and just fires at the right side of the end zone. Caught, Skoglin, touchdown! Wow. You cannot defend that. But there's a flag down on the far side. We'll check and see. Maybe somebody drifted downfield. That would be unfortunate if this one gets called back. That looked magical. Almost like <laughs> watching old-school Johnny Manziel back at A&M or, or something yeah. like that, where he is back there eluding everyone and just gets a nice throw off to his tight end. Looks like it's coming back. Personal foul on the Vipers. I don't recognize that gesture. What is Blindside block. Oh, blindside yeah. block. Yeah, boy, that, yeah, that's gotta, a killer. you got to be careful when scrambling around like that. As no lineman, um, with the rules how it is now, you can't try and just lay somebody out if they're not looking because it will just kill a play like that. And it will kill a momentum of a drive. we got a long third down now. Yeah, third and 22, all the way back to the 33-yard line. That's the rule they just put in place for a couple of years ago, that yeah, line side yeah. block. Honestly, that's a good rule to protect our players, but you got to know that. Yeah, 
The third and 22 from back to the 32-yard line can pick up the first down at the 10. The receiver is right through to the near side. Adams dropping back. Pocket breaks down. Now he rolls to his right. Fires it towards the end zone. That ball is caught. Touchdown, Vandegrift. Miles Coleman with a sliding catch, and the Vipers fight off the penalty and score anyway. What a strike by Adams there. Eluding more pressure. Number 90 seems to be in his face the entire uh, drive, but it doesn't matter. He just kind of runs away from him. And, you know, it is hard to catch a quarterback like Deuce Adams if you are as big as number 90 is. Yep. Very elusive. Noah Colbert on the extra point. He's 13 out of 15 on the season out of the hole to Hugh Mestermaker. Good snap and hole kick is up. And it is good. So, 8.32 to go in the first quarter. Vipers draw first blood, 7-0. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vanneke Vipers football on the horn. Well, a good start for Vanneke Vipers. Spotting off a penalty and punching it into the end zone in the opening drive. 8.32 to go first quarter. And Vanneke Vipers 7-0. Voices crowd, a little quieter Matt Sanders than the words about five minutes ago. Yeah, well, I'm waiting on this kickoff here. Carl Mayer sends this one actually returnable to the three-yard line, to the five, to the ten, around the left side. It's a bit of a seam out to the 15, to the 20, and dropped down from behind the 24-yard line. Pretty good return. Shane Warner on the return for Stony Point. On the return was Shane Werner, and we'll get a look at Stony Point's offense and their sophomore quarterback, Kenneth Calvis. 27 out of 50, 467 yards, four touchdowns and two picks on the season. The Stony Point unit is young. I, I saw they're actually starting um, eight sophomores tonight, which is one of the highest I've ever seen, at least high yeah. school football-wise. Um, and, you know, there's an old saying where, you know, for every sophomore you start, it's a loss in your record. Let's see if Stony Point can flip that script. They are a young bunch on offense. Hand off right side and a pivot right there at the 24-yard line. No Daniel play. Second down and 10. Aaron Bolton to carry. Number 42, Adam Scott, blowing up that play. I don't know if you saw that, Merle, but he just took his blocker and drug, basically pushed him into the running back right. and, and tabletopped him over. That is what the Vipers want to play like, that force on the defensive side. Well, the Vipers a little shorthanded on defense. Diego de la Barra Vasquez out tonight. I believe Alex Foster is out as well. So that's a lot of tackles that are missing tonight. So somebody's got to step up and an opportunity for the next man up, as they say, to step up here and make some plays tonight. Hollister Stevens making his first start for the Vipers due to his circumstances. So they're looking towards him to make some impact plays. Second down and 10. Handoff around the left side and not much running. So far, so good. On the stop for the Vipers, Deshaun Morgan, the junior. Going to bring up a third down and ten. Gosh, it is hard as a running back to find places to run against this Vipers defense. The offensive line just gets collapsed in on by the Viper front there. So a chance for the defense to get off the field here. Third down and ten coming up from the 24-yard line. 7-0-4 to go first quarter. Bandicoot up 7 nothing. I'm excited to see what Hollister can do. Oh, they're hurting up line. He's had a good season thus far in reserve, so good opportunity for him. Third down and ten. Two receivers either side. Pass one out to the right side. Intercepted. Coming back to the 35 to the 30. Up the near side on 25 to 20 and out of bounds. Jumping the route. Aiden Jones is junior defensive back. And the Vipers are in business. First down and ten inside the 20. 
It's a great defensive play, and that and that just comes with the territory of having a sophomore QB. You're going to make some sophomore mistakes. Right. Maybe he saw something there um, and just didn't get it quite there on time, or you know the throw was just a little bit too far, or whatever. But you know when you play with a young QB, you're going to put the ball in harm's way, and the Viper defense is you know going to be there. Um, we're disciplined enough to be in that spot. I know the secondary has, was a question coming into the season. A lot of inexperience out there, but we're in the fourth game of the season, and something that we've learned over the years, that experience comes quickly. Yeah. Yeah, when you're in a, you know, Vandergrift has prided itself on his defensive play for a long time. My dad, you know, Coach Sanders is a big defensive-minded guy. Um, when you go to a system like his, kind of give him the kids, and he'll, he'll be able to find a way to fit him into a system, you know. So it, it's going to be, a, I feel like every year, no matter who we got, it's going to be a very solid unit. Yeah. There was a penalty on that play as well. I, I think it may have been a sideline interference because they got the ball first down and goal now from the nine-yard line. Yeah, I saw some, some late contact over there. I wasn't exactly sure what was going on, but take the, the free yardage on the penalty. So two receivers wide right, Eli Adams to the left side. And off Fournier up the middle, inside the five, pushing drive towards the goal line. Did he get it in? He did. Touchdown, Dandigan. Takes the Vipers one play to make Stony Point pay for the uh, turnover. See that in another just huge hole. He just finds his cut, and then, you know, it's a great feeling as an offensive lineman when you feel your running back right behind you, and right. he's kind of following you in, and you're like, all right, we're, hey, we're this close to the goal line. <laughs> Let's get him there. Um, it drives you forward a little bit more, so that's what ends up happening. Paul Bear on for the extra point. Let's snap and hold. The kick is up. And he is two for two on the night. So that didn't take long. 6.34 to go first quarter. Viper's already up to an early start here. 14 and up. Impressions on the first quarter so far? I mean, you can't, you can't strip it any better, are No, uh, not for the, you know, it, it's a bit, I mean, about how I expected it for the manager Vipers. Right. Um, you know, it's been, I think, all time we are 4-0 versus Stony Point, um, claiming one of our victories as a forfeit in that COVID year. Um, felt like they were dodging us a little bit almost, but right. um, this is kind of what I was expecting. How good this Vanguard team is as a unit, um, it, it's expected to get, jump out to an early lead like that, especially when you give your offense a short field, as right, good as our right. offense is. Yeah. <laughs> This offense doesn't need any help. No. And if, hey, if you put them inside the 20, um, they're walking away with, with a touchdown. They're walking away with that. I, uh, last week when I talked to your dad in the pregame interview, I asked him if yeah, him and Coach Miles had any sympathy for defensive coordinators, and he just kind of laughed. <laughs> Not a lot. Miles has been there a while, and I know he loves to – run up the score when he can. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's that's about, you talk to any offensive coordinator and they love to score, even if it, you know, they don't really care about anyone's feelings or what it does to the game, but um, it's fun to do. Well, not only is it good to see your team execute, but it gives those second and third stringers some quality yeah. playing time, and over the course of a long season, you're going to need that. Is this kickoff by Paul Bear fielded up to five, up to the ten, right sideline of the twenty, and out to the twenty-nine yard line. And a flag comes flying in late after the play. So a good return again by Shane Werner. We'll check the flag. Not sure exactly what that was. I saw some few on the ground. Not sure if it's going to be. Holding or blocking the back or what. But I saw, I saw two Vipers and Tigers rolling around the ground. So not exactly sure what's going to happen here. 
Spot tickets. There it is. Holding. Holding is the call. That'll push them back to the 17-yard line. And one point will take over first down again from the 17. Those Tigers was kind of rolling around on the ground, holding our holding our guys. That's what right. I thought it was. So first down and 10 for Calvis. Altman hand off in the backfield, and right there to meet him was Porter Udy. He almost took the, the ball from the quarterback. And that's kind of the drawback of this, of this stretch zone they go to a lot is, um, you know, you can cut anywhere, but if you have a defense that stays disciplined to their gaps and you don't get a reach off, um, he will be in your backfield. Um, and so you've got to make sure your steps are disciplined as a line, um, that you're all cohesive, because if one guy is too far behind in the stretch zone, right. the hole gets too big and the D-line is going to go straight through it. So a loss of four there, second down and 14, back at the 13-yard line. One receiver split wide left. That's Tristan Rhines. Just a sophomore. Matt mentioned eight sophomores dropping back. Under pressure, rolling to his left and gets it up to the 14-yard line. Maybe a short gain of a yard or two for Calvus. And that's going to set up a third down and 12 from the 15-yard line. Stopped by a whole swarm of Vipers there. Wasn't sure if that was a design QB run or if he just saw pressure in his face and decided to just take off. It didn't work. No. Whatever it was. No, but was definitely a little bit better than the alternative of getting yes. smacked in the mouth uh, right as he got the snap. Emails open, by the way, voice of the Vipers, all one word plural, voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. Give us a shout out. Let us know where you're tuning the broadcast from. Third down and 12 from the 15-yard line. Rolling to his right. Fires over to the right side and almost intercepted again. So close. Coming back for the football was Blaine Becker. He was trying to keep that foot in bounds, so that ball was sailing out of bounds. There's going to be a punt situation here for the Tigers. There's that play-action pass they love to go to for the Tigers' offense, you know, and it creates a lot of misdirections. So when you're under pressure, like the QB has been a lot already tonight, um, it allows him to kind of pull away some of that defensive line pressure and get in space and make a throw. Um, but right there... You know, two of our D linemen weren't really fooled, and he has to make a, a, a tough throw with two people in his face. Miles Coleman standing at the 50-yard line. The punt coming here from Noah Lopez, and it's a pretty good punt. Since Coleman retreating, and it takes a stony point roll. Uh, he does pick it up at the 35-yard line and makes a man miss at the 40. A bit of a dangerous play there for Miles Coleman, but I'm never going to second-guess Miles Coleman. First down and 10 at the 40-yard line. For one thing, I cannot run him if he wants to beat, beat me up. For sure, for sure. Isaiah Cantrell uh, attempting to block there, and he got close. My uh, prediction of a pump block might come true. He was almost there. Yeah, that's true. Pretty good punt, however, for uh, the junior punter, Noah Lopez. If the, the Tigers want to stop this high-powered Vipers offense, they're going to need to win the, the uh, field position game. That yeah. was a great punt to get that going. So first down and 10. Vipers from their own 40-yard line moving from right to left. 4.36 to go first quarter. Shuttle pass underneath to Brock Chilton. Speaking of sophomores, he's going to get the quarter turned and out of bounds at about the 44-yard line. About a four-yard scamper there. Set up a second and six. What a season the young sophomore Brock Chilton has had so far. Yeah, he's been uh, fun to watch. I remember going to the game and, and asking, who's number 17? And, and yeah. uh, it's actually my little sister's good friend. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he's that that young because I knew her as a... Middle, middle schooler still, you know. So 
screen pass right side to Coleman. He's got a big gain out in the 45-yard line of the Tigers. Same thing we saw a moment ago to the left, this time yep. to the right. It's another first down. Here he's using this um, swing concept with his motion. It just gets our guys already moving forward, and, and, right. and we have great perimeter blocking right now, so it's looking good. Piper's on the move again. First down. Oh, that's going to be a free play. Dropping back is that. Looking to blow it down. There was contact made. So, unless somebody flinched on the line. Yeah, let's see what they call this here. It was moving on both sides. but be offsides because that defense lineman reached out and touched our O-line. That'll push it down to the 40-yard line. So it's up a first and five. The receivers to the right side. Now it's in front of them in motion. Adams fakes the handoff. Looking. Now directing traffic. Giving ground back to the 50. Now rolling to his right. Cutting it back up. Makes the first guy miss. Makes the second guy miss. Takes it to the center of the field. Now bounces to the left side of the 35. Stays on his feet to the 30. And slides out safely to the 28-yard line. Wow. A 10-yard scramble. He ran about 400 yards. <laughs> and he had all day to throw back there. He was actually sitting back there yelling at his receivers, telling them new routes to run, it looked <laughs> like. And he's not liking anything and just taking it himself. Those plays are always fun to watch. When you have a guy like Deuce Adams who's able just to extend the play and make right. his own kind of magic happen, it's really fun to watch. Got to be hard as an offensive lineman, though, to not drift down the field. Yeah. Because you just don't know. It's always hard. I'll talk about it for this play. First and 10 of the 29-yard line. Scoglin lines up in the right side. Two receivers right, one on the near side. Straight ahead, handoff to 48. He's going to pound it down inside the 25, down to the 24-yard line. And that'll be good for a five-yard pickup, second and five. Brought down by number 27, Aaron Jones, for the Tigers. But yeah, when those plays are extended as an O-lineman, one, you get a little bit tired. Right. You got a little bit longer, and... and um, when you have a guy like that, you have to almost be locked in at all times. Second down and five. Adams dropping back. Fade pattern left side looking for Coleman. Got a touchdown. Beautiful ball. Dropped it right in there. Coleman just looks like he's jogging past the DB to get open. Right. There. I read an article. I think it was in the statesman talking about, you know, Miles Coleman and E.L.A. Adams having to get used to each other with Adams coming in from Canyon. Just one of those routes, just practicing those routes on their own, and you can see the payoff right there. Yep. It's a perfectly timed pass and catch. The chemistry between that duo is special. Yeah. Paul Bear might need a nice pass already. His third extra point of the night, he drills it through. <laughs> 244 to go first quarter. All Bandicoot thus far, 21 to nothing. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Bandicoot 5 with football on the horn. Call Bear drills this one over to the far side of the field. This time, eleven actually a collision, and as a result of the collision, the return man falls to the turf at the 15-yard line. Not much going twenty points away. That uh, so far tonight, that was Andrew Gomez. Now, collision on the return team sets up twenty point first down, ten at the fifteen. Yeah, just some miscommunication back there. That was right in the zone between those two return men, where one of them's got to call it there, and. and you know, it's better if one of them gets a chance to return it than just knocking into each other and right. not getting a chance at all. 2.41 to go first quarter. Already 21-0, Vipers. Kenneth Cowboys, the sophomore quarterback. 
played the entire uh, night on the left side of the field, handoff right side, and that's why they played the entire night on the left side of the field. The Viper defense swarming to the football and stacking that one up for no gain in the play. The cruise missile, cruise car skill on the stop, second down and ten. Almost every one of these tackles, there's at least three to six Vipers just surrounding this ball carrier. Um, and that's what the Vandergrift defense has, you know, made its, you know, hung its hat on it, is having everyone involved, the swarm mentality. And you can you can see it when they play. How many yeah. are hunting after the ball? No one no one is dragging their feet, not wanting to get involved in the tackle. Second down and ten from the 15 yard line. Trips wide left, one to the near side. Kenup takes the draw play. Now rolling to his left, being pursued and going to get some positive yardage out to the 18 yard line. But that's about it. A three yard pickup. On the play, Hollister Stevens, the aforementioned, on the stop, third and seven. Brought down by Hollister Stevens, making his first start. We call him around the house, we call him hitting machine, getting involved there. Um, I remember first time I noticed him, I think it was um, last week when I was watching him play, he just blows up this screen play. Um, He had a guy blocking him. Yeah. Another guy come to block him, and he still fights through two people and makes a tackle for a loss. Right, take out I, three guys. Yeah, it kind of caught my attention there. Third and seven coming up here for the Tigers. Cowboys in the shotgun, dropping back, looking, firing over the center field. Got a receiver, caught. Well, the 45, he dropped it. Oh, we had a sure touchdown. That poor young man, I know I'm a Brad Piper fan, but boy, oh, boy. Beautifully throwing football, hit him in stride, and he started to run before he had it tucked away. The Vipers spent a huge break, and that was a touchdown. Yeah, that I thought, honestly, that looked almost like a fumble, the way he was kind of taking it in stride, and then he just, just fell out of his yeah. hands right there at the end. I guess the whistle blew it dead, but I thought we were about to get a, the ball Whoa. back our way. So Vipers catch a break. Sometimes they need those. Yep. Even the good teams do. Oh, that pass snap is going to go into the end zone. Nice job by the punter to pick it up and get a decent punt away. And it's going to take a Stony Point roll. How about that? Down to the Viper 49-yard line. It's going to go in the books as a 34-yard punt with no return. But that was a disaster. But Noah Lopez called me five yards deep in the end zone, picked it up, saw him plenty of time, and got a pretty good punt out of there. Yeah, that's a, you know, one thing, you don't see many punter highlights. That's one of those. He's going to put on his huddle tonight. <laughs> right? Salvage the snap and still get the punt off with three Vipers in his face. Um, that was special to see. And that's great for his team. Like we said, we cannot lose this field position battle. Um, if you're a, a, a Tiger and, and getting the Vipers on the other side of the 50 is huge here for the Tigers defense. First down and 10 at their own 49 yard. They're moving right to left. Chilton comes in motion. Hand off 48. Nice hole up the middle. But it's Close quickly, falls forward for about a three-yard pickup, maybe four. We'll call it second down and six. Brought down by number 26, Mendez. Nice physical tackle. That was actually Kent Sullivan on the carry. His first touch of the night, so second down and six. Fibers going quickly, 26 seconds left. Play action, swung out near side to Chilton. Cuts up at the 45 and down to the 40. That'll be good for a Viper first down. It's just an embarrassment of riches for this offense. Now these swing passes are just working too good to not run them every time. I know. By the time, you know, you actually can get a hold of these guys, it's already a five to seven yard game at the least. 
48 back in the backfield. Clock rolling, 10 seconds to go. First set at the 40-yard line. Shilton comes in motion. They do get the snap off. And 48 straight ahead right to the 35. Breaking tackles down to the 28-yard line. And the first quarter is going to end the way the first quarter began with a first down for the Vipers. We've reached the end of the first 12 minutes. All Bandic have thus far up to 21 to nothing. We'll take a break. Be back for quarter number two. You're listening to Bandic of Vipers football on the horn. First down is hit Bandic. Now moving from left to right. The second quarter gets underway. Merle Bertram here along with Matt Sanders. Cole Dixon back at the board. At the horn. Studios. So waiting for the change to get set down there. Brock Bollinger, our engineer and sideline reporter. We'll hear from him at halftime. First down, 10-5 We're finally set up. Yeah. And we are good. Okay. So Vipers back to work. Up 21-0 as the second quarter gets underway. And that'll bring up a first down of five. A Stony Point jumps again. Boy, this, you guys, your offensive linemen, you were there before you were there, after you've been there. So good at getting the defensive jump off sides like that. Yeah, the you know, as an offensive lineman, you kind of pride yourself. You know, we don't have many stats, right? But uh, even in college, you kind of you you know make fun of the guys who has a lot of false starts or, or anything <laughs> like that. You go, well, I've only I haven't had one all season. You know, I'm I'm perfect on my penalties. So that is one fun thing that a O lineman really like to pride themselves on is staying disciplined. Um, and, and you know, when I was at UMHB, we had one guy who was kind of our main. Offender of penalties, and we would rip him every week whenever he got one. Like, right. hey, of course it's you, man. Of course it's you getting, the, getting all those penalties. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a a thing. O line culture almost pride yourself on that. First down and five now from the 24 yard line. One receiver left, one to the near side, and got a timeout. We'll keep it here. We got an email from Tommy Hartman. So Tommy Hartman tuning in from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Hey Tommy, how are you doing? Tommy, I know you're excited about that Lions win, Tommy. They win over the Chiefs. See, I'm a Bears fan, so Tommy and I can't really talk about football too much. Oh, he's probably going to get the better of me this year twice. Yeah, the Bears, I was really excited for the Bears season, and uh, it didn't look too good on on last Sunday, but we'll see if they can beat the Bucs this weekend. And the Bucs look a little bit better than they should have been, too, so I'm actually excited to watch that game. One, one thing that, you know, this, this swing pass you've been seeing a lot of that's working is we have great blocking by our receivers. Right. And that's one thing that, you know, you'll see some, some teams um, where the receivers, they don't want to block. They kind of just want the ball thrown to them. And one thing at Vandergriff culture-wise is we have a lot of guys who are willing to go block for their teammates because right. unselfish mentality where they want to go let help them go score a touchdown. And it's cool to see that perimeter blocking the high effort by these receivers. And nine times out of ten, it pays off because at some point in the game, they're going to get the ball. Right. They benefit and from that same blocking. If you feel like, you know, your, your, your brother's blocking for you, then you get a block for him. It's right. a nice give and take. So after the timeout, second, uh, first and five from the 24-yard line. Vipers moving left to right. Hand off to 48. Starts left, cuts back right inside the 20 and pounds it down to the 15-yard line. That'll be good for another band to get first down. That was a nice cut by Fournier there. Saw one hole, saw the, um, I believe it was um, one of the offenses on the left guard. Jacob um, Henry just kind of lay his man on the ground there, and, and Fournier was able to cut it back, and there was a nice hole. 
Two receivers left, one to the right side. Play action. Adams dropping back. Again, all day to throw, drifting to his right. Now back to the left. Pump fake. Rolling to his left. Gets a block. Turns on the Jets around the left side of the 20 to the 15 to the 10 at the sideline to the 5. And steps into the end zone. Touchdown. He likes to run around uh, a little more than he needs to, uh, is what I'm seeing here to get in this end zone. <laughs> and score that, uh, what was that, about a 23-yard 20, touchdown run. It seems like he ran almost 100. Yeah. Get all the way over there. Again, he yeah. is a cool cucumber, though, man. He just kind of drifts and directs traffic and, like you said, kind of draws up plays on the fly. He looks real calm back there, especially with... You know, even with some pressure in his face, he just kind of keeps moving away right. from him slowly, and then he's like, all right, they're a little bit too close. Let me run all the way to the other side <laughs> here. And the kick from Colbert is good. So 11.23 to go first half. All Vipers, 28 to nothing. We'll take a break. Turn it back over to the defense. You're listening to Vanica Vipers football on the horn. Noel Colbert set to kick it off for the fourth time tonight already. It's a short, high, huge kick. Fielded at the 25-yard line and up to the 30. And this will be Stony Point's best field position of the night, starting first time again at the 34-yard line. On the return is Andrew Gomez. My better half, Christina Weber, monitoring the video broadcast where it says 28 to nothing. She says, that scoreboard is smoking hot. <laughs> That's for sure. 28 to nothing, Vipers. Having to change those numbers a little bit too fast might be, you know, <laughs> historic stadium might be a little bit too fast for those lights. <laughs> the first down and 10 for the Tigers moving from right to left from their own 34-yard line looking to get something going. Fumble balls on the carpet, scramble for back at the 30, and looks like the Tigers got back on it again. Man, Trying to get into that receiver on the interim left to right. Just never had a good clean exchange. That is fortunate to be able to fall back on that one. And you know, a lot of these little mistakes is just inexperience. You know, yeah. a fumble on that handoff is just something that, you know, it's really a young player's mistake. Um, and, you know, as he, as he progresses through this season, this season will be kind of one of those seasons where he's going to get a lot of experience. And by the end of it, into the next season, he'll look like a vet going out there in his junior season. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that by the time he's a senior, we're in a different district with him because they're, <laughs> they're going to be good in a year or two. Hand off, off right tackle, bounces to the right side, spins up to the 30, and that's going to be about it. A gain of a yard on the play for Tony Point. Going to set up a third down at about 14 yards to go. Vipers just crushing this uh, Tiger rushing attack. The Vipers defense has this, you know, the broken stack, as they call it, with three down linemen, three linebackers. And what this allows you to do is it's very adaptable to almost any kind of offensive player you're going to see because um, with your three linebackers able to shift around, um, you're able to, you know, pick up, especially an outside zone play, you're able to pick up and fill gaps way easier right. if you had a bunch of D linemen who may, you know, they're not as fast and as athletic. You know, they like to think so, but they're not as athletic <laughs> and fast as linebackers there. Bolton lined up to the left side of Calvis, and now we're going to get whistles and a timeout going to be taken by the Tigers. 9.43 to go first half. Let's take it with him. You're listening to Vanderbilt Bobby Football on the Horn. Third down and four feet from the 40 after the timeout, and the Vipers are going to get to him and sack him back to the 21-yard line. Kind of a jailbreak there. Pick your poison. Who's that getting up, Matt? I can't quite see the number yet. Number 90. 90. Um, 
Porter Udy Porter again. His second big play of the night, all the way back to the 24-yard line with the sack. So fourth and 20 now. Is 20 point going backwards. That is nice to see. I, I love I love a quarterback getting sacked. It's one of my favorite things to see, and that was a nice physical sack by Porter Udy there. Low snap. There was boy. They came as close as you can come without blocking that one. And the kick angles out of bounds. Only about a 25-yard kick. Aiden Jones came in that time, and boy, you can't come any closer without blocking a punt. I really, I, I put, you know, mentally, I put a lot of, of money on that punt, <laughs> on that punt being blocked. And, you know, hopefully they're gonna have to punt a few more times, so we'll get a few more chances. But that was, that would have almost been it. He just looked like he just grazed the ball there. Yeah. He may have gotten a piece of it because yeah, the ball that's only why went about went 20 yards and didn't go too far. After we, even though we've seen him have some monster punts today already, so yeah. definitely a little bit of interference there. So first time 10 for the Vipers at the Tiger 42-yard line, moving left to right. 8:58 to go first half. Danny goes up 28 nothing. Forney moves up to the right side, so empty back set here for Adams. Pass over the center of the field, in and out of the hands of the intended target. Try to get it to Scoglin. He proves he's human and dropped one. Second and 10. That was broken up by Caden Cook. That's their, you know. Kind of their big dog back there in the secondary. He's just so fast. He was able to clamp down on that route and punch it out. So second down and 10 from the 42-yard line. Hand out to Coleman. Started left. Now cuts it back up and upended at the 35-yard line. Started from the left slot. Took the hand up and took it straight up the field for about a nine-yard pickup, third and one. Brought down by Katie Cook once again. That was a really cool play design. They've been hitting him with the end around, the outside runs all the way, and on this right. one they hit a little bit of a counter back. You get a nice chunk of yards there. Third down and one from the 33-yard line. Now they load the formation, everybody to the right side. Handoff 48, right up the middle, pushes it inside the 30 down to the 29-yard line. And that'll bring up a first time again. Run down by a gang of Tigers. And that's a sign of a you know, really good offensive coordinator is to be able to kind of almost condition the defense to react one way. Right, right. They keep seeing this outside swing, outside swing, outside swing. And so now the D-line and, and linebackers are naturally flowing to where that play is going to be. And now you can cut back to the other side, and it's almost just straight green grass right there. It gets all the way up to the secondary. They're really gashing them up front. First down, 10 at the 29-yard line, 7.40 to go first half. Pass, slant pattern, complete to Coleman. Makes the, first, uh, makes the first guy miss and gets down inside the 20 down to the 16-yard line. Just stepped out of the tackle there, picks up another first down. That was Caden Cook again with another tackle, and it looks like down on the field, hurt with something with his shoulder. He had Miles Coleman in his arms and then just kind of slipped out there. I hope he's okay. He's getting up, but he's not putting much weight on yep. the right arm. That's Caden Cook, the junior defensive back. Hopefully he'll be all right. And that'll well, hurt for the Tigers' defense. He's already made yeah. a ton of plays for them. Well, you're making Scott Schaffner nervous. Scott texts in and says, listening in from Cincinnati, Ohio tonight. Your broadcast partner sounds awesome. He's a natural. Great job, Matt. And go Vipers. I'm not coming for your job, Scott. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
First and 10 from the 18-yard line. Vipers on the move again after the injury timeout. Two receivers left here to the near side. Golden comes in motion now to put Trips to the right, one wide left. And Fortier offset to the right side of Adams. Adams dropping back, looking, finding over the center of the field, caught at the five-yard line, and first down a goal from the six to his brother Eli Adams. First and goal. Now that's a that's a connection if you want to talk about it, brother to brother right. there. Um, I got to play with my brother, and, you know, it's not quite the same being O-line and wide receiver, but quarterback to wide receiver, I wish I was a quarterback back in the day. I think if I stayed the path, I might have been pretty good. If I got to throw to Caleb a little bit, I was all uh, all playground back in the day at quarterback. I was going to say you probably made Caleb better by throwing Aaron passes. <laughs> he definitely improved his uh, catching range with me throwing to him. Great pattern. Left side of the end zone. Uh, incomplete. Trying to get it to Eli Adams. They lined up with the two up backs, and Adams up under center. And the timing not quite right there. Second and goal. A little bit too far. I love goal line phase. That's one of the most fun ways to score is right. when you just trust your receiver to go up and get that. At all levels, it's fun to watch a goal line phase. Uh, they might try it again, although this time they put Adams up under center. I bet he goes to the right side. Oh, he's going to stay up under center. He's got Skogan lined up in, as the up bat. Play action. Looking, looking, looking. Pressure coming from the left side. Spins back to the right. He's in trouble, and he's some almost got free still. But he's finally going to go down back at the 17-yard line. That time, Stony Point wouldn't give up on the play. Finally, we're able to get him as slippery as he is. Number nine for the Tigers. Iverson Collins at number 50. Uh, Jordan Garcia able to tag team, and finally... Drag down Deuce Adams back there rolling around. So a big loss now. Third and goal back at the 18-yard line. Inside of six minutes to go. First half of 28 to nothing. Normally I'd say you want to get a little closer to the field goal, but with these guys, they're going for seven. Yeah. I think at this point in the game, you just got to go for it on fourth down here, whatever happens on this play. Go to those right to left. receivers right side. Adams dropping back. Rolling right. Steps away from the tackle. Fires right side of the end zone. Caught touchdown. Holy cow. And they're calling him out. I don't know. From up here, he looked like oh, he got you both boy, they in. called him out. I thought that was a good that push was, and catch. Hey, that, that was good in the league from, my, from what I'm seeing. Wow. Miles Coleman, I thought that was a touchdown catch. Yeah, he looked like he got two feet in for me. I, I don't know if I agree with that call, but looks like we're not going to go for a touchdown. We're just going to take our three. So honestly, it's good to take field goals when you can, get that unit warmed up, ready for all situations. 40-yard field goal from the left half. The kick is up. And the kick is good. Good. I'm right watching the, the replay here. The video broadcast is about 30 seconds behind the audio, and it looked like he may have stepped on the inline. I think he was in on the sideline, but that foot may have caught a piece of the inline. In any event, the field goal from Carl Bear was good. It was 547 to go first half, 31 to nothing. Vipers extend the lead. So you still get points out of it, but uh, you know Coleman and, and, and Adam Boyd yeah, on that one. Even as a, as a viewer, that would have been nice to just – say that one was a score because that was beautiful you want to if you want a touchdown pass you want it to look like that almost every time right, it's yeah. real, real flash right in the back of the end zone quarterback rolls around creates a little bit of a, a play himself and then throws a dot his wide receiver almost that is one of those highlight real plays unfortunate that it was not called a touchdown 
Nancy Hoorkamp writes in at voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. We really appreciate the good coverage and commentary that allows us to enjoy our twin grandsons, JV and Varsity Games, from our home in Florida. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you to Kevin Witt and the Vandergrift Vipers Football Booster Club. That's Call Bear. Drills this kickoff back inside the five. Field of that now at the five of the ten. And around the right side of the 15 of the 20. And knocked out of bounds at about the 25-yard line. Stony Point trying to get something going with 521 to go in this first half. That's a solid return there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last, especially since the last return, we had some issues with who was getting the ball and all that stuff. So uh-huh. that was nice to get. You know, anytime you get a return past 25, that's good on my end. So 521 to go first half. One receiver to the actually two receivers to the right, one to the near side. I'm coming a little bit on the shot. And handoff up the middle. And again, not much running room. Vipers digging for the football. Maybe picked up two yards out to about the 30. Let's give him three, second and seven. Led by number 55, Ben Booher. Yeah, ben and he is a physical linebacker. I'm not sure many running backs want to meet him in the hole. No. Stony Point running back just kind of cut up in the hole there. You see Ben Booher. And, and, and honestly, a couple other Vipers all surrounding you. There's nowhere to go. you right. got to kind of accept your fate at that point. They take up a lot of space. Big, wide wingspans. Second down and seven from the 30. And off left side and knocked down from behind. On the clear is Xavier Hill. But on the stop, Deshaun Morgan hit him from behind, knocked him down, going to bring him a third and five. We're bringing in, you know, Tigers are trying out some read option stuff because, you know, their quarterback's fast, a little mobile. Um, right there, you know, that's a tough read. you got two guys coming down on you. You can't really read two right. guys. One guy's going to get the running back. One guy's going to get the quarterback. And the Vanderbilt defense is, defense is so disciplined that as soon as they see where the ball is, both right. of them are on it. So chance to get off the field here. Third down and five from the 32-yard line. Stony Point moving right to left. Five snap, handoff up the middle, and going nowhere. Now bounces free to the right side, and still oh, going wow. nowhere. There he got lifted up in the air, and WWE style knocked to the turf, serving up a fourth down. He got tackled twice that time. Could not see who that was. Pretty sure it was Scott Buchanan who just picked him up and slammed yeah. him on the ground. Xavier Hill running into a brick wall, bounced off of that one, and, and then paid the price. Fourth and five. We'll see if Stone Point might be thinking about going for it here. This point, really at this point in the game, that you, you've got nothing to lose, um, which is unfortunate for my punt block predict, prediction, but let's see what, <laughs> see what the Tigers are throwing up here. So we're going to take a timeout. So Tigers will take a timeout, 3.09 to go in this first half. All Vipers 31-0. We'll take it with them. Then they can fight this football on the horn. Tomlin Family Orthodontics believes you should have the straight smile you deserve at any age. Dr. Travis Tomlin designs individualized care plans to create beautiful, straight smiles for all his patients. Traditional braces to Invisalign, Tomlin Family Orthodontics uses cutting-edge technology to make treatment effective and efficient. Great orthodontic care is only a few minutes away. For more information or to schedule your complimentary consultation, visit us online at TomlinFamilyOrthodontics.com. 
When does the new dishwasher get here? The guy at the store said two weeks. Hey, Mom, how long until Grandma gets here? Hello, I brought in gelatas. Forget that. I need appliances now. At Appliances Now, we get you the appliances you need when you need them. That's why we offer next-day delivery and installation in Central Texas. Go to appliancesnow.com and shop online today. Well, they do decide to put it up to the timeout and another low snap. Good job there by Miller Lopez to get the punt out of there. Balling on the ball at the right to 47-yard line was Sebastian Cavetton. Or that ball probably would still be rolling, Matt. So everybody did their job that time. Cavetton saved about 20 yards, and the punter got, him, got it out of there for a bad snap. Yep. Aiden Jones, he's getting there every time. Yep. Just one more of these punts is going to get bucked. I'm calling it here, folks. I, I see the vision. It's going to come through. <laughs> so first time, Ken Bandica from the 47-yard line, moving left to right time to get one more score. With 3.03 to go. Vipers, I think, have all three timeouts remaining. Yeah, this is a perfect time to get the ball. You can almost take your time here. Three minutes left on the clock. And off to Sullivan left side, and he's going to be wrapped up at the line of scrimmage and drop. Good open field tackle there by Joaquin Mendez. Going to make up a second down and 10. On the carry, it's wrapped up right at the line of scrimmage for no gain on the play. John Van Winkle White Seen says, taking a break with the family on vacation in Hawaii and tuned in to hear how the Vipers are doing. About 2.50 in the afternoon here. Very impressive how Matt is doing on the call. Sounds like you guys are having fun. Go Vipers. Thanks, Van Winkle. Second down and 10 from the 47. Play action, pass, slant pattern, complete the choke down to the 40-yard line. And just like that, the Vipers pick up the first down, first down and 10. That's textbook right there. Nice clean read. Throws a dart on the inside. <laughs> nice chunky yards. Simple, but it's good to see. First down and 10 at the Tiger 40. Moving from left to right. Two receivers near side. Play action. Swings it out right side. Complete to tilt it again. This oh. time a little low. Trying to pluck it off a shoe top. Falls incomplete. Second and 10. So close there. Has a, had a good amount of space there. If he just passed a little bit higher, he might have been able to get almost another first down there. Receivers still doing a great job blocking the perimeter, and we are getting a lot of push up front. Really impressed by this Vipers O-line tonight. Um, Tigers E-line is solid. Um, they've got some big guys and some, you know, that can match our O-line, but we're getting some good push tonight. Yeah. Second down and 10 from the 40. Play action. Adams dropping, has all day. Fires over the left side, saw nothing open, and chunks it to the sidelines. So that'll be up a third and 10. You yeah. might know this guy, Matt. We're listening to the Vipers broadcast of the Vandegas Stony Point Magic, the first 25-6A district game. You all always do a great broadcast. Shout out to our grandson, Matt Sanders, doing a great job there in the booth. Go Vipers. That's Stephen and Barbara Springer. Thanks, D-Daddy and Momo. Glad you all enjoying the broadcast. Third down and 10 from the 40. Shilton comes in motion right to left, settles in on the left side, and now going to be a procedure on the Vipers. Played a pretty clean game time. I think that's yeah. the first penalty. There, there was the, uh, the blind side block yeah. and then this one. That's it, I think. Couldn't really see who moved there. Um, see, you know, sometimes when you're you're motioning someone over, there's a noise or something might make someone kind of shift or jump a little bit. So that can happen sometimes. I'm really impressed by Deuce Adams so far. Again, you know, in that last play, 
he just kind of sits back. He's got two guys running at him, and he's calm as can be. He's sitting right, back there right. like he's on vacation on the beach or something, kind of just looking at his surroundings. He's looking out on the, on the ocean or something while he's looking to throw. Clock rolling, 137 to go, third and 15 now from back at the 45-yard line. One receiver left, two to the near side. Dropping back, looking. Pocket breaks down, rolls to his right, now stepping up. He's going to be sacked. Coming in from the back side is number 90. That is China Oniaka. I'm going to make a guess at that one. That's one of the D linemen I was talking about pregame we're going to have yeah. to watch out for. He is a, he's been getting pressure all night, and he has been making some big plays for this Tigers defense. And if you can get back there and, you know, Deuce is great at extending plays and moving around, but if you can finally get a hand on him, yeah. as big as, as, big as Chime is, he's going to bring him down. The Vipers, the first punt of the night. We're inside of a minute to go in the first half. New Messermaker for the good boot. Going to roll inside the 10 and out of bounds at the 9-yard line. Nice punt. New Messermaker doing what he can to help the team. Playing some deep with the secondary. Now taking over punting duty. And he plants it inside the 10. you got to like that. Yeah, he is like a... You know, a Swiss Army knife. It seems like right. he plays everything. Uh, I didn't even know he was our he was our punter. That's wild. To, he's now, not. And now he's <laughs> yeah, now he's going back out here to play some defense. So the Vipers have pinned him down inside the uh, 14. Is where they say that would roll out of bounds. First and 10, Stony Point. 45 ticks on the clock. All banded. Gripped up 31 to nothing. Now they're going to push it back to the 10, which is where I thought it went out of bounds in the first yep. place. And it's good to see, uh, you know, a guy like uh, a Drew Messmaker kind of involved in everything. And that's, that's one of the, you know, things about Banner culture. If you're a guy that's committed, bought in, all this stuff, you're going to find a place to play. You're going to find – the coaches are going to find a use for you. Right. Um, and right now he gets to play some defensive back. First down, and they're going to take a knee. You know, he, he went into, at the end of last season, thinking he was going to be the starting quarterback this year. And then uh, Deuce Adams, uh, the move in comes in, Messermaker battled him and they, they both look good in the preseason yeah. but it's Adam's job right now Messermaker's ready to go, but as you said he's playing some defensive secondary, he comes in he punts, holds on special teams does what he can to help the team it's a quality young man right there Yeah, I don't know, um, the game last week he was used as kind of like a weapon almost right. where he comes in and they do this kind of really double quarterback kind of thing where they bring him in and get him to Motion over, hand it off, and now right. the defense is going to cut off guard because now they've got basically two quarterbacks that either one are going to be yeah. able to throw it downfield. Um, so it's really cool to, to see them get guys like um, Drew involved. Well, we have reached the end of the first half here from Dragon Stadium in Iran Rock, and it is all Vandergrift of 31 to nothing. Your quick impressions of the first half? You know, I, I would like to say I'm shocked, but this is what the Vandergrift Vipers have done all year, and to see them kind of come in and dominate is, is what I expect. And what you know, what I, I like to see out of a squad looking to go back to the state championship game. I think this is the third time now in four games that Vanderbilt has scored 30 points, at least 30 yeah. points in one half of football. Yep, that's pretty impressive. Only last week, I think they scored 21. The yeah, they, half, right? they were slacking off yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were taking off for some reason. I guess you know <laughs> when, you, when you travel, uh, maybe they were too relaxed, hanging out at, at my alma mater, UMHB. Maybe they're right. having too much fun or something. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit of a slack, slack job last week. So 31 nothing to score here at the end of the first half. We'll take an extended break. When we come back, we'll hear as uh, uh, Brock was able to catch up. The head coach, Drew Sanders, on the sidelines. We'll get his thoughts on the first half. He's talking to him right now. And uh, we will be back for the halftime festivities here. 
31 nothing to score. Vipers on top. You're listening to Brandon Vipers football on the horn. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, the Horn. And we welcome you back. 31 nothing to score. Vipers on top of the Stony Point Tigers. More version here along with Matt Sanders and Brock Bollinger. And just a few moments ago, Matt Brock. Had a chance to catch up. The Vipers head coach, Drew Sanders, down on the field. Let's find out what Coach had to say about the first half of football. Coach Deuce Adams made a lot of plays with his legs in the first half. What can you say about his performance? Yeah, Deuce is is hard to tackle for sure. He's going to move around. He's calm in the pocket. And if there's nothing there and he's going to take off, he's doing a great job. Uh, Up 31-0 at the half. What's your message uh, in the locker room? Well, you want to come out. And we've been in this situation two other times and played really poorly in the third quarter, not scored, fumbled, penalties. And so, I mean, I'm, just, I'm hoping to see a team that's learned and matured from week one to, to now. So we'll, we'll see if we do that. Okay. I know your uh, son's up in the booth calling the game. Does that add any extra pressure tonight? <laughs> it might add pressure to him. You know, I'm the, I'm the winningest coach in Vanderbilt history. You know, he's just starting his career, so let's see. All right. Thanks, Coach. So there you go. Head coach Drew Sanders on the sidelines, and uh, Brock Bollinger has made his way up here. And unfortunately, Brock, right after you left the booth to go down to the field to start of the game, they turned off the AC up here. So you know you could have you could have had a chance to come up here and cool off a little bit, but uh, no such luck. No, it, it got hot fast up there. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so what, what is the atmosphere down in the field? These guys that came out of the gate and moved right down the field, scored, scored again, scored again, scored again, and. Almost scored again. They did score, but they only got the three points. They must be having the ball down there. Yeah, they are, man. It, it's exactly what you would imagine it was like. You know, a lot of celebrating, a lot of sh- shouting in a good way, not like right, not right. Like, like shouting. You know, um, it, it's a very positive environment down there right now. Well, uh, what's going to be the challenge in the second half of talking to the coach? The Vipers right now are are pitching a shutout. They haven't had one of those thus far this season. Um, the defense is a little bit banged up, but they're getting the job done so far in the first half. What do you think? What do you think the big thing is they're going to be working on in the second half? Uh, the big thing, and, and Coach mentioned it when I talked to him, was you know they they've had maybe not a thirty point lead, but a very sizable lead right. going into the halftime a few times this year. And you know, one game they put up a goose egg in the second half. Another game they put up what three something right, like that. Right. And so I think that's his biggest thing is like. You know, we got our foot on the gas pedal. We need to keep it there, for sure. Well, Matt, you've been down the field before when you guys have been up there. Big like that, heading into the halftime locker room. How hard is it to come out and maintain that intensity? That's something these guys have struggled with a little bit this season. And I think most teams do. How hard is it to maintain that intensity when you pretty much had your way with your opponent in the first half? You know, it is hard to actually kind of rile your guys back up to go back out there because before the game, you don't know what's going to happen. So it's really easy to say, hey, this is going to be a close one. We've got to keep it, you know, here and here. we got to pressure on there, you know, put them away early. But once you get up and you kind of bowl in the halftime, it's really hard to get those guys to come back out. So, I mean, all you can kind of tell them is really emphasize on putting those away. Um, you know, when I was at UHB, we had a, a way we would get up big on somebody. Um, one thing our, our coach always says, he's kind of almost gets incentivized where you guys, hey, we go score two more times. Then you get your, your buddies get to play, and that, and that kind of fires you up to kind of go put this game away to let you know let some of those other guys get a chance to go in. 
So you, it's almost like the kind of thing where you set little mini goals for yourself yeah. to try to keep yourselves motivated a little bit. Yeah, you got to find something to, to push for because you can't just say, all right, let's go out there and just do the same thing we were doing because it almost right. never is going to be like that because um, you, play, you play with a little less intensity as an athlete once you know at this point in the game, you know, anything can happen, but if you're in control of the game, it's pretty much going to be put away. Well, Brock, it's always different when you go on the road. You have different surroundings and that kind of thing. Uh, Viper fans seems like they traveled pretty well tonight, and they're right down to the back, back to the guys. How loud is the crowd with the, for the Viper fans right behind the team like that? It's pretty loud. Uh, big turnout in the student section, but, you know, I feel like this team is used to it, right? They've played right. every game but one away. You know, so at this point I feel like they're used to it. But, there was, yeah, there was a big, a big turnout in the student section for sure. Really kind of unusual because this is the first of three games that we're going to be playing here in this stadium. It's not unusual to play, you know, at Kelly Lee's and that kind of thing, but to have three games in Dragon is, is kind of unusual. So kind of a home away from home. Rogers up 31 to nothing here. Uh, what are the predictions for the second half? You haven't gotten to walk home yet. They're coming as close as they can, man. They haven't gotten to walk yet. I know. I'm hoping for it this, this second half, hopefully. Um, you know, I'm. I'm I want to see, you know, Coach Sanders said it. Um, I do want to see the Vipers come out and, and play with and kind of put these guys away more than we've seen because I've watched all the games up this year. And it is frustrating for me to see us come out so hot. We score. At, it seems like we score whenever we want to. Whenever, we're not, whenever we want to score, we do. And they come out and just kind of play a goose egg in the second half. And that was how our first game was. Or we, we didn't score another point after after that first yeah. half put. And, uh, you know, um, Opponents later down in the year, you're going to need to keep that lead bigger because they, they, they're they going to fight back. And so you need to keep putting that foot on the gas, like we said. So I'm hoping to see at least two more touchdowns by the Vipers. Well, Brock, we, we talked about it before all year. This is, this is the third time in four games that the Vipers have scored 31 points, uh, 30, at least 30 points in the first half of play. One thing I'll be curious to see is I think you're going to see the starters start the second half, maybe play the entire third quarter, depending on how it goes. But how those starters respond when, like Matt says, the twos and the threes start coming in. This is a chance for them to cheer on their buddies that, are, that have been busting their butts in practice all year long. Not assuming this game is over by any stretch of imagination, but that's something I want to get your thoughts on in the second half of the Warriors on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. There's there's a bunch of kids that are eagerly, you know, waiting to go in on the sidelines. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. big question is uh, whether or not there's going to be a running clock in the second half. It's the biggest question I have right now. So. Typically not in a district game, they, unless it gets totally out of hand. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll see that. I, will, I actually want to see it one time. It was like 50 to nothing at halftime. Yeah, the coaches knew it was going to be that situation, and they made that agreement ahead of time. So, I don't, I don't think you see it. Right. This game has gone pretty quickly. Though. It's only eight seventeen. I yeah, mean, it's really in, moved along. In district, they won't do that. There's, you know, too much pride for the coaches that they don't want to have a running clock, and um, they want to have success too. So they want time to kind of get their offense going, and, and um, they want to, you know, not have a shutout. Also, I know my dad's hunting for another for a shutout this right. season um and so and i'm sure the tigers are looking to spoil that again for them so um, they want to have as much time to be able to get that going well it kind of gets back to what you said a moment ago little challenges that you set for yeah. yourself to keep yourself motivated and and you know as well as i do that when the start if the starters do come off the field late in the game and the second string comes in your dad and that defensive coaching staff still wants that shutout yeah. right yeah and they're not going to say oh you scored on you know our second string or whatever, because right. it's a team thing. you got to pitch a shutout. Everyone's got to be on the same page. Um, and, and usually when 
those guys come out that that get their chance, they're playing lights out and they're playing high high effort, high intensity. Sure. So um, most of the time, they're able to kind of come in and almost. The next guys come in and it's like a revitalized team almost because yeah, yeah. none of them are tired and they're all excited <laughs> to go in there. So um, shouldn't be. Hopefully tonight it, it's our you know we get that shutout. Any chance of rain, Brock? Doesn't look like it. No. Okay. You no, see, you see the stars? Uh, no, but I don't think it's gonna rain though. Okay. <laughs> too hot. Thirty-one to nothing. Vipers on top. We've got about thirteen minutes left in the half. We'll take another break and be back in time for the second half kickoff. You're listening to Branding of Vipers Football on the Horn. And we welcome you back to Dragon Stadium on the campus of uh, Ron Rock High School. Merle Burchett here along with Matt Sanders. Vipers up big, thirty-one to nothing, scoring. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, on the first uh, five possessions of the ball game, four touchdowns. Thought they had a fifth one, had to settle for a field goal as the pass in the end zone was ruled out of bounds. But, man, I don't know what, uh, Matt Sanders, I don't know what else the Vipers could do except yep. keep doing what they've been doing, right? Uh, they just, hey, you know, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And as we're moving into the second half, we can just keep offensive momentum going, our defense momentum going. We're looking at a nice couple more scores and hopefully a shutout first the season for the Vipers. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out here. Uh, we do have a couple of emails that have come in. Want to get to them because we'll probably get more in the second half. Kate writes in, says Mason Shockley from Holman Steiner goes 77. Uh, number 77 being Blake Frazier. So thank you very much. On uh, voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. Got a Viper fan from Fruitport, Michigan. Says, I love watching my, my grandson, Sebastian Quebec, and they spent miles play football since they were eight. You've made it the easiest to watch. Thanks for the good job you do. Go Vipers. Well, thank you, Gary Spruckett. Mason Shockley wants to also give a shout-out to Zade Oliver. So, they want to leave off Mr. Oliver on the email. One more here. Sam Newman says, uh, Oh, he says don't hear I'll get to that one afterwards. Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unrelated. Unrelated. Exactly. So 31 to nothing to score. Voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. And again, thank you to uh, uh, Kevin Witt at the Vandegut Vipers Football Booster Club, making it possible for us to get these games to you on the Horn, 101.9 FM and AM 1260, and streaming on hornfm.com, as well as the video stream on Vipe, and also doing the uh, freshman and JV squads on Thursday nights on Vipe. So thank you to all those folks and all the sponsors that you've heard from and seen the, the graphics from all night long. As we mentioned, this is the first district game of the season. And for those of you watching on the video, there's, uh, that is the standard. Of course, everybody's nothing-nothing. I'll go over it for the radio folks. But Westwood right now, 3-0, and along with Vandergrift and Vista Ridge, completing their non-district portion of the schedule at 3-0. and Westwood outscoring their opponents 142-21. to We'll see if that holds up throughout the season. McNeil, Stony Point. Maynard and Cedar Ridge all concluded their non-district portion of the schedule at 2-1. And, and then Ron Rock, this is the one that shocks me, Matt. Ron Rock, 0-3. Wow. When was the last time Ron Rock was 0-3? It seems like a while. I remember in this stadium, I've got good memories. Um, us versus Ron Rock was kind of the big dog uh, right. final battle of this district. It was kind of our first year in the district my senior year. And we converted on four consecutive fourth down conversions to win the game 28-24. Right. Uh, right there in that end zone right there. It's one of my greatest football memories. And I remember um, Isaiah Smallwood was our running back, and I remember pushing my guy on the ground, him running the end zone. 
he falls to his knees, and I remember running over there and going wild as we beat um, the um, Round Rock Dragons, um, and that was, and they were a great team uh, yeah. back then, and, and they were, they've been great for the last, you know, however long we've been great, and it's been a good rivalry, so that, that shocks me to see them start 0-3. Yeah, that's a, that's a game that uh, I think both schools will probably circle on the calendar a little yeah. bit, because usually it's coming down to that. It's going to be uh, the district yeah, championship. Yeah, you know, the district. And having it here, this place, we talked about before we went on the air, this place is due yeah. when the Vipers and the Ron Rock Dragons play Red Dragons. Yeah, I, I would say almost every, I would say every seat is filled when those two yeah. go out of it, either here or, or back at uh, Monroe. Right. So, uh I want to talk to you a little bit while we've got a couple of minutes. We're going to put a band down to the field. I do uh, FC football weekly with Southwestern University, so I don't hold that against me. I know. One of your former conference rivals. Not a huge Pirates fan. No, no. That's okay. But uh, you guys have had the better of that rivalry in recent years. <laughs> right, and, uh, uh, but you know, one of the things that I talk about with some of their players that come on the show, and, and you and I talked about a little bit, that difference between high school sports and collegiate sports, right. even at the D3 level, and I would say even more so at the D3 level because there's such an emphasis on the academics. Right. Talk about that a little bit, trying to find that balance, moving away from home for the first time, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it is tough, that transition. I remember my being a freshman, coming up, showing up to campus and being away from my family for the first time, and you get there and you're just like homesick, you know, you get right. kind of on your own, and, and, and then football becomes this thing where um, – it is like a job. It, it feels like you're almost in the pros right. where you are in there, and if you're not in class, you're up there at the field house working on, you know, watching film, studying, and, and that's what it takes to kind of make an uh, impact in these programs and to consistently win. Um, and so that high effort, and, um, that, and it's more of a competitive environment as well because you bring guys in from all over, right? and they're all competing for different spots. You don't know a lot of these guys when you come in. And it isn't like high school where you come up and all oh, these are all your buddies. It's, it's a way more hostile environment. And you kind of got to get acclimated to that at your first kind of entering that that environment. And then once you kind of get used to it, after that, balancing your your college studies with football is extremely hard because of, you know even at D three level, you're asked a lot as a football player. Right. Um, a lot of time, a lot of work goes in even in the off season, um, working out all that stuff. Um, so that balance is is tough on a lot of people. And um, I, I was able to find success with it. You know where after practice I carve out time where I'm focused on school and I've got my practice time and I'm able to right. manage all that. And, you know, I also have some college fun too. So, um, you know, it, it is hard. But I think it takes a couple months to kind of fully submerge yourself in that culture and get used to it. Did it surprise you a little bit? You're probably thinking, I can't wait to get out of the house. I'll be on my own. I can do whatever the heck I want, whatever I want. Yeah. And then, like I said, you got there and you're homesick right off the bat. Did that throw you off? I, I, was, I was excited to get there and I was like, man, I can't wait to just be on my own and right. be a grown man. I thought I was ready. I'm going to run with scissors. I'm going to drink milk from the carton. I remember being there my first night going, wow, I, I really miss <laughs> my mom. I really miss my dad. And I kind of miss that home feeling. And, and you know, college is, is a wild time because. Again, you, you get to kind of start over. You don't know anybody. And right. even your teammates who you're supposed to be bonding with and, and, and you know, a cohesive team, you don't really know anyone yet. And, and so it's really tough on some guys to come in and, um, you know, make relationships. And, right. and, and as the guys that kind of stick it out and get through those tough kind of few weeks, um, you know, at the D3 level, we bring in a lot of freshmen because some guys, they realize you don't get paid to play. You don't right. get a scholarship. Right. And so you got to really love football to play D3. Oh, yeah. you got to love it. Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot of churn, that, that freshman class, where guys are like, you know what, college football isn't for me. I wanted to try it out. I'm not liking it. I'm going back home. I'm transferring to go study this or whatever. And, you know, if you stick it out, the relationships that I made in college football will be with me forever. And it was 
the greatest choice ever made to go play a D3 ball at, with the crew and win a national championship. I was going to say, national yeah. champion, yeah. Well, uh, congratulations on completing these successful high school and collegiate yeah, careers. Thank you. You know, I'm sure you've got some young wisdom, a lot of wisdom to impart on some of the young vipers in middle yeah. schools when you get a chance to talk to them when you come back home. Yeah, so I do get called up to talk to some of the younger guys, and it's always super fun to just kind of talk about because, you know, when I was when I was a, a, a middle schooler or a freshman coming in, I was small, you know, and I had to really work to put on weight and grow. I remember I came in as an offensive lineman at 5'8", 170. Right. Have you ever seen an offensive lineman at 5'8", 170, you know? Um, and that was giving myself a little extra pounds there <laughs> on the scale. But I had to really work to, to get where I was, and I see myself a lot of these younger guys who, you know, they're, you know, as a freshman you come in, you're going to grow through high school most right. of the time. And so um, some people, it may not happen their first two years, and they finally hit their growth spur and they become a stud, right? And, and I like to tell people, hey, you, you keep plugging, you keep working every day, something like that can happen. Well, good stuff. We are underway in the second half. The kickoff returned by Aiden Wheeler for Stony Point. So the Tigers will take over first down and 10 from the 17-yard line. 11.53 to go third quarter. Vipers up 31 others. It's awesome having you up here and, you know, getting, getting to share those insights with the folks yeah. out there. Dropping back to pass under pressure, and he's going to go down the second wow. half, starting right where the first half left off. Once again, that was Deshaun Morgan. That young man's had a heck of a golf ball game tonight for the Vipers. He was, as soon as the ball was snapped, he was already in the yeah. backfield. Looks like a bit of a, a blown uh, pass protection by the Tigers there. Uh, usually it's not what you drew up if there's a big lineman like Morgan running back there and, and already touching your quarterback. Looks like a loss of 10, so call it second and 20. Ball spotted all the way back at the 8-yard line. Stony Point going from right to left. Navy blue jersey, Grace Flax. And the white helmet, the Vipers with the white jersey, black pants, black numerals, and the black helmet with the chrome insignias, and the handoff to the right side. Not much running in there. Off the 10, maybe a yard of the play. Going to bring up a third down at about eight. And that's been the story of the game. There hasn't been room to run uh, for this tie, for the Tigers' offense. And this is what they kind of pride themselves on is, is rotating these running backs in. they got three good backs, um, but you can't be a good running back if you have no space to kind of move. And, and you're very limited. I, I was watching the Eagles game last night, and the Eagles' front was destroying the Vikings and giving their running backs no room to run right. the ball. Third down and 18 from the 12-yard line. Just underway second half. Vibers up 31-0. Calvus in the shotgun. Wrap around handoff. Looking for room and not going to find much. Maybe out to the 13-yard line. A short gain of a couple yards. Wrapped up there by Cruz Teresquillo. That was a great cut by Xavier Hill there to kind of salvage another run where there's D-Lyman in the backfield. Right. Nice jump cut to, to gain a couple yards there. It seems like it's all for naught as we're going to bring out the punt team for the Tigers. Fourth and 14. Block punt, please. This is the one. This is the one. He's calling it. Good snap back. Not much pressure. A high short kick. And fielding it. Oh, dropped. And falling out of there at the 39-yard line. Nice recovery. George Farley, he's had a couple of good returns. Was trying to come up and field that one on the dead run, but the ball fell away from him. Unfortunately, he just called me, reached down, picked it up, and fell on it. And the Vipers still have great field position at the 40-yard line. 
I've got to stop calling these pump blocks. It seems like it gets further and further away every time I feel more confident about it. I'm going to I'm gonna pretend I don't care about it and, and get surprised. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that that one in the first half was tipped. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be as close as we'll get up tonight, it seems like. I think the Vibers have probably called off the dogs a little bit on, yeah. on that front. So first down and 10-4, Bandicoot at the 40-yard line of Stony Point. First, second, offensive possession of the second half, moving from left to right. Deuce Adams does stay in the quarterback. Starters in the start second half. Fournier in the backfield. He's had a good night. They give it to Fournier off right tackle. And breaking tackles inside the 35 down to the 30-yard line. Boy, Hank's hog mollies are just getting it done up front. That's going to be good for a 10-yard pickup and another first down. Yeah, brought down by number 22, Aiden Jones. But he just kind of slips off the tackles, kind of almost like he wasn't even touched there. It right. looks like he got a little bit of a speed boost off that first um, attempt. Two receivers left, first down and 10, high snap. Swung out the left side, complete. To Chilton, bounces it to the 15 at the far side and knocked out of bounds at about the 13-yard line. There's some of that blocking on the edge yep. by George Farley to spring him for about a seven-yard pickup, second and three. That was a great cut by Brock, kind of reading his blockers on the outside, seeing where the leverage was, being able to pick up a few more yards there. Second down and three. Trips on the left side and a triangle. Adams in the shotgun. Hand off, 48, 48 straight ahead running. is going to push it down to the 21-yard line. Maybe a yard wide. Going to make up a third and one. Tigers seemed ready for that one. Seemed pretty obviously wanted to kind of run it there for the short game. Right. They were ready. They sniffed out the run and were stopped us for a pretty short game. We haven't seen that often tonight. That was a great play by the Tigers. Third down and one from the 21-yard line. Two receivers to the near side, one wide left. Got him to jump, free play. Directing traffic, rolling to his right. Now stepping up, and he's going to go down to the 29-yard line. Okay, he's getting up. He took a minute to get up. I kind of held my breath there for a second. I thought it was a free, a free play. I don't see a flag. I yeah, thought they I didn't see any flags out there either. It looks like the refs didn't throw a flag at all. I saw a lot of movement before the play there. So I'm not losing my mind. No, I, I thought I thought that was for sure a free play because we kind of, you know, but that, that one was a little iffy where we saw the, the twitch on both sides. But, you know, their D-line jumped out and touched us. And that's usually right. a pretty strong indicator of offside. So I think we, we all thought we had a free play and it ended up just being a sack. That's fourth down and nine now from the 29-yard line. Adams dropping back, looking, firing over the center field. Sliding hit made at the 18-yard line by Eli Adams. And that'll be enough to move the chains. For a second, fourth down conversion of the night. Great positioning just to get right past the chains and pick up that first down. Looks like he, he almost was able to cut it back outside and look right. for a score there, but just his knee barely, barely grazed it. And off, 48, off left tackle, breaks the tackle, hop skips inside the 15, hit hard at the 12. And that'll be a big hit by Yang. 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 Piper's moving right down the field. Pick up a six or second and four. And off 48 again. Same place. Sheds a tackle inside the 10. Down to the 9. That should be enough for a Viper first down. Depends on the spot here. You can get a very favorable one. Now they're going to say third and one. Tripped up by Daniel Sawyer there. 
bell forward for a short game. And off 48, breaking tackles inside the five, down to the five yard line, going to bring up a first down and goal. Rossley Liberty Hill, 14 to nothing at the half. Stony Point all over Austin High, 42 to nothing at the half. Some of the other games going on tonight in Central Texas. Blanca Vista over the Grange, 21 to nothing. Picking up the you know these short yards, it doesn't seem like we're getting much, but we're getting almost like five yards I per know. carry on these little short runs. And that is more than enough to keep this offense going. Wildcat. Wildcat to 48, and he's going to be upended at the three-yard line. Had a head of steam, but somebody came in and cut his legs out. Looks like it was number 22. 22, Isaiah Cantrell, just cut below his legs and just kind of made him stop in his tracks. Sets up a second and goal from the three. And I like us how we always on the goal line, we line up in a, in a single-file line. Yeah. That's kind of new. We didn't do that when I was there. Kind of hides it now a little bit, makes it show how we want to line up. Adams up under center. Now out wide to the right to the Wildcat to Fournier. Two backs in front of him. Starts right, cuts back left, lowers the shoulder and bangs his wow. way into the end zone. Touchdown, Brendan Fournier. He saw two Tigers there. And decided yeah. Instead of running around him, just decided to go straight through him, then about three more in the end zone and gets in. Nice stuff running by Fournier. I love it when you see the back lower the shoulder. And yeah. Yeah. So 37 nothing. Love to see. I love to see touchdowns where they just kind of bulldoze their way in, and you, you know, it's almost like a one. He was literally one versus three men there, and he does not <laughs> care and just goes straight forward. Then Emmanuel on for the extra point. Out of the hole, the mess to make Good snap and hold. Kick is up. Nice. Right down the middle. So 5.19 to go in the third quarter. Vikings moving right down the field and extend their lead to 38 to nothing. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Bandica Fibers football on the horn. Matt Sanders, Tony Point, I think they've only started, what, one drive outside of their own 25-yard line yeah. the entire night, and that was like at the 30. Yeah, it's been a, um, a rough night for the Tigers offensively. Um, I don't have the exact stats, but it you know, probably isn't something you want to you look at right now. Um, you know, the Vanier defense has done a great job of stopping what, you know, knowing what they want to do and just shutting it down. It seems like the Tigers just keep trying to go back to what right. they're getting stopped at, you know. Um, I haven't seen many adjustments yet. We haven't seen them too much in the second half, so let's see if they throw anything new at us. Calvus in the shotgun. Handoff, left side, cutting it back up. This time a nice hole. Out across the 25, breaking the tackle to the 30, and the 35 sideline, and finally knocked down at about the 50-yard line. Best one tonight for Stony Point. That was Amante Gentry, a senior. That was a great run, and that's what they want to do with that wide zone. He had two options for the cut there, which is bad for the defense. Great for the running back where he gets to choose where he wants to run. And that is what, that's what the Tigers need to see if they're going to keep moving this ball. On the stop was Elick Bowman and Drew Mestermaker. But not before a big pickup all the way out to the 50-yard line. First down and 10, Stony Point moving from right to left. Almost had the, the caster's curse, as I call it. They're <laughs> just talking about how they wouldn't get past the 30, and they get a, their biggest game of the night. The receivers wide right, one of the near side. Receiver coming in motion right to left and handoff up the middle. 
Bounces to the left side and gets the running again on the edge and inside the 45, down to the 44-yard line. Same guy, Amante Gentry. Brought out by the hitting machine, Alistair Stevens. Gain of seven, second and three. It's second down, three yards to go. Gentry's getting into a rhythm here. Even with the pushback on his RD lines making, and he's seeing guys in his backfield, he's making great cuts to get this Tigers offense moving. That's what we're talking about at halftime. You know the coaching staff wants to see this defense stiffen up here. Second down and three. Two receivers wide right, one to the near side for Cowboys. And off the try right side. And not much running in there. Porter Udy didn't make the first contact, but he got in his way and forced him to the outside, and that allowed the rest of the Vipers, including Logan Weinheimer, to get involved in the stop along Cruz Carstillo. Third down coming up. And number 90, Porter kind of finished that gang of tacklers right. finally bring him down there. And that's what the Viper defense is. We're going to be saying a bunch of names anytime there's a nice tackle past the line of scrimmage. There's rarely one. Yeah. Third and three coming up from the 43. They all want to get involved. Right. One receiver right to the near side. Five to the three-man front. Hand off right up the middle, and this is going to be good for first down inside the 40. Just a straight-ahead push. One of the few times tonight the starting point line has moved the Viper defensive line. Gentry's on a roll here. He seems to be the hot hand. It looks like they're going to keep him in. When you have good running backs that rotate in, as soon as one gets going like this, you just let him go. That's exactly right. First down and 10 at the Viper 38. Looks like they're slowing it down, <laughs> getting their running back a breather here. He's got his work cut out for him this drive. He was a little slow to get up on the play. I'm sure he's big gas. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to him again. The receivers to the near side, one wide right. They do, and this time the Vipers are ready for him. They weren't surprised either. First one to get to him was David Oberhauser. He had some help. And that's going to be a loss of 70 yards, second and 12 back at the 40. Right there, that was another, you know, they come up with that read option. Uh, another kind of sophomore mistake there. You know, your running back's doing good, but Vipers are expecting a running back handoff. We've got two guys already tackling them, yeah. and uh, we just, you know, didn't want to pull it. Uh, Craig Shusher's been at the helm of Stony Point for a long time. He knows this game is probably out of hand, but he's got six more. So forget the scoreboard and work on stuff. That's what they're doing right now. And off up the middle, trying to get the corner turn. Dallas to the 35 and the 30, cuts it back up to the 25, and that'll be another first down. There he is again. Amante Gentry, the senior, getting it done here for Stony Point. He's the man this drive, and now after his, seems like his seventh consecutive carry, they finally bring him out and bring in a new bat. He got his, uh, you know, he got his on that drive. Yes, he, he got did. his work. He might not be done yet. Give him a quick couple play breather, and, and I bet they put him right back in. He's making great cuts in the backfield. And, you know, when, when runs kind of break down early like that, you need to be able to make quick cuts. First and 10. And off right side. And not much running him. You do back into the ball game. He's Xavier Hill. He's had a nice night, and he runs into Judy and Overhauser again. That's going to be a loss of the yard, second and 11. 
Piper's defense kind of settling in here, knowing what to expect. Right. They know what the Tigers want to do at this point in their drive. They seem to have done it almost every play. Yeah, they haven't passed at all this no, entire drive, no, have they? It's been this stretch zone concept um, with, the, you know, a few plays with the read option sprinkled in, but they're handing it to their backs. Inside of a minute to go third quarter. Bandit goes up 38 nothing, but Stony Point on the move. Straight ahead, handoff, and back to the original line of scrimmage. That is about it for Hill. Beauty again on the stop. Going to bring up a third down of 11. No game to play. For a nice inside zone there. And just Viper defense is ready for it once again. Now settled in. Looks like we're bringing in some new personnel. Let's see if we've got anything different on this play. Game clock at 15. Play clock at 13. So they do have to run a play here. They might take a timeout. Think it, take take it over. There's your timeout. And again, yeah, they're just forgetting about the scoreboard and just working on stuff. They want to complete this drive and get some points and give themselves something positive to build off of. They were just kind of almost letting the clock run down in the next quarter, but it wasn't synced up. So we got two seconds left where this fourth quarter goes underway. And we'll see the Vipers chant 4-4-4 as they've done since, I think, the beginning of time. We've chanted that in the fourth quarter. Um, and hopefully that's a reminder for them to finish this game strong. And, you know, we'll see what the Tigers like to do. Hopefully they try and go for us. We can keep pitching shutout. If we go for a field goal and, and, and end the hope for a shutout, that would be a little unfortunate for the Vipers. So high school football at Vandergrift. Completing the collegiate career at Mary Hart Baylor. What do you miss the most about Vandergrift football? I'd say Vandergrift football it is definitely just – the atmosphere and, and just the feeling of high school football. College football is fun, but when you go out and you get to represent your town a little bit and where you right. grew up your whole life, it's yeah. a little bit of a different well, feeling. Different. And you're a little more, you know, the community's a little more tighter. You're more tied into everything. Sure. And um, there's a little bit more pride, more chip on your shoulder for every victory you get out there. Third down and 11 to the 26-yard line. That's the timeout. Final play of the quarter, barring the penalty. Pass to the near side, in and out of the hands of the intended receiver. Would have been well shy of the first time anyway. They tried to swing it to Oliver James. And that is going to bring us to the end of the third quarter. Vipers in command. 38 to nothing. We'll take a break. Be back for the final 12 minutes of this ballgame. You're listening to Branding of Vipers football on the horn. Welcome to Collection This is Earl Burkett here along with Matt Sanders. Our ringer filling in tonight. Scott and Bach Bollinger down to the sideline. Cole Dixon back at the Horn Studios. Christina Weber keeping an eye and an ear on the video broadcast for us to so make sure that it's staying down the air and sounding good. Fourth quarter underway. Stony Point moving left to right. Fourth and 11 from the Viper 26 yard line. Talbus dropping back. Pass over to the right side. That ball is caught. Touchdown, Stony Point. Andrew Gomez, he dropped one earlier. He didn't drop yep. that one. He got his kind of second chance there, right. you know, give it back to him. He already did this over the top once, and um, so they knew that option was there, and they finally found it. And when you've got, you know, the defense so conditioned to looking at this run, you know, they, they ran the ball literally nine times in a row, right. Carl, and, and <laughs> they finally decided to chunk one deep, and there it is with their um, – you know, he, he's, he's a good receiver, long and fast, so um, that was a great play by us, the Tigers. Well, throw ball there by Cowboys. The extra point is up, and it is good. So, 38-7 to score. 
Roberts get popped in the mouth for the first time tonight. We'll take a break and see how they respond. And listen to Gabby get by the football on the horn. Kickoff from the 40-yard line, and this one is going to be booted all the way back to the three. Fielded there up to the five. To the 10, up the middle of the 20. Kirk versus Keenan tripped up at the 30-yard line. That was Eli Adams. Boy, that was close. When you see green grass like that as a kick returner, I'm sure that gets a little exciting, but just barely tripped up there. Yeah. Tiger saved from immediate answer their their first touchdown of the night. That would have been a big, you know, buzzkill in their momentum if we just go and score right there. That'll be first time hitting the 30-yard line. Still decent field position. Well, through the first three games of the season, the Vipers averaging 38.7 points per game, giving up 13.7. They're right on track for the offense. Uh, so far ahead of the game on the defense. It's 11.47 to go here in this fourth quarter. Looks like Drew Mestermaker in at quarterback, the senior. Close out this fourth quarter. And a handoff right side and dies out to the 34-yard line. Is that Sullivan? I think it is. Yep, picks up about three yards on the carry. Second down and seven. And this is what you want. This is why we want to get up in games like this because, right. you know, you want your buddies to go out there and, and um, be able to, to get a chance and, and get their their time to, to go make a play. I hate that phrase, garbage time, because it is not yeah. garbage time to these guys. Yeah, for them, you know, it's, it's a special moment, especially, you know, you work all week. Right. And to be able to go out there and be able to um, perform in front of all these people and, and do and play the game you love, it, it's really special. Second down and seven. Mester Maker, handoff up the middle. And going to be stacked up at the line of scrimmage. No game of play. Going to bring him a third down. Sullivan again on the, stop, on the carry. Going to bring him a third down. No room to run there. As the Stoney point front kind of settles in. Also in the ball game for the Vipers, number 11 on the far side, that is Jordan Oliver. Number 81 over there, Bryce Salmoniago. Eli Adams lined up here to the near side, must have made the Sullivan to his left. Sullivan goes in motion, dropping back, must have made Pocket breaking down. Rolls goes up. He's got some running. Gets a block on the edge. Steps up inside the 45. Spins inside the 50 down to the 48-yard line. Drew Mestermaker. Great recognition. Iverson Collins with the stop, but not before a Viper first down. That spin move is cool, but that is kind of the uh, least ideal spot to be when you're spinning. Is kind of you spin, and then you see right behind you a a defender about to lay on top of you in the middle of your spin move. Um, Looked really nice until defenders right there to end that kind of cool move. Especially in front of their bench. Yeah. Where you're going to get no yeah. help at all. Got to get up by yourself right there. First down to 10 out to 50. Setting on the right side, Bryce L. Trudeau. And off Sullivan. Picks his way inside the 50, down to about the 27 yard line. Gave him about three yards. The clock will continue to roll here. Coming up on the nine and a half minute mark, second down and seven. Call this the Python offense because it just kind of squeezes the life out of the defense. They take their time. The clock is just ticking down. I'll tell you, this is one of my being an offensive lineman. This is one of my favorite type of offenses because they get a lot of break in That's between true. plays. <laughs> Two receivers right, one to the near side. 
Kind of a wraparound counter play inside the 45, down to about the 43 yard line. And Claxton flying in the left side. Looks like Carter Bordick on the carry. Like over there on near the Vipers sideline. I wonder where it is. My guess is holding, but we'll see what it is. Official still talking it over. First and a foul. Face mask nice, okay. on the defense. There well, we go. I don't know if I, I saw that one, but we'll take it. Well, yeah, we'll kinda, take yeah, it. I got muddied up there in the middle, so it's hard to see from up here on that. So your dad promised you a free water burger if you knew who John Madden was. Of course I know who John Madden is. Of course I know he is. Legendary. I wanted to get on the record, so he went yeah, Legendary to, coach know. and commentator, you know. Yeah. You, uh, what, what's his favorite? There's this famous saying he says. Boom. He says something else. There's one other thing that's really funny. Um, and the only reason I even know what it is is because I was playing Madden the other day, and it's like the first <laughs> thing you do when you load in. First time, hit at the 28-yard line. Play action. Pass over here to the near side. Complete to Eli Adams from up to Maker. And going to be knocked down at the 22-yard line. That'll be good for about a six-yard pickup, second down and four. Speaking of Madden, that's what I, you know, one thing I like, uh, you know, me and Coach Mouser are very similar. I run my office in Madden very close to his. Um, where if a play is working like that that swing uh, concept, I'm going to keep running until they stop it. You yeah. Know? Uh, so that, that's, that's kind of that Madden coach of me bringing it out and enjoying <laughs> to see that. The receiver's wide right, one of the near side, second down and five for the 23-yard line. That's to make it moving right down the field. Up for it. Big hole inside the 20, down to the 18 or 17 yard line. Get the first, Now we talk about the reserves all the time. We saw second string quarterbacks come into the other team last year and they would fall apart. Yeah. Last year, Braden Buchanan went out for a series of two. Drew Mestermaker came in, marching down the field for a touchdown. Yep. It was like they didn't miss a beat. And that's always, you know, really nice as a as a team to have faith in your second string sure. guy. Because heaven forbid anything happens to the first string guy or, or, you know, he's banged up, whatever, it gets late in the game like this. You can trust him to orchestrate a drive, go down the field, and you're not going to be like, oh, I hope we score. It's like, right. oh, I know he'll take care of it. Boyk again on the carry inside the 15 down to 14. Okay, this is weird. I don't know if you're seeing it on the video or not. It's not snowing. It's not raining. Those are crickets. Yeah, I was about yes. to say, it seems like that uh, locust storm from the Bible yeah. has come out and swarmed all the lights. I see them there in the lights. That's what's buzzing the press box. Holy cow. Can't wait to walk into that when we get yeah. out of here tonight. The dragon just attracts the, <laughs> yeah. the bugs. Second down and seven. Hand off again. This is Sullivan back in the game, and he nice his way down inside the 10 to the 9. It'll set up a third down and one. On the carry for It'd be fitting if those bugs were It'll dragon flies the out nine. there at uh, Dragon Stadium. You were doing so well. <laughs> All right, fans, let's give this third and two from the nine. And we'll pause in second station identification. Vanny can fight the football on the horn. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. 
Had off the Fortick on the third down play and did not get a very good spot. I thought he had the first down yardage. They're saying it's the fourth and one at about the nine yard line. It's stopping for no gain officially. Vipers offense going to stay in the field. They want to finish this drive with five and a half to go. lining up looking like they're going for it. Tiger Nation, let's root on this defense. Fourth and short here. We got to go for a score here at this late in the game. Let these let these guys get in the end zone. Yeah, they're going to take it all the way down and call the timeout here and figure out. Yep. Coach Miles is going to check the chalkboard or the whiteboard or the the, uh, yeah. the tablet or something. Yeah, now, like nowadays it's the tablet. Yeah. They've got you know it, it's wild um, how you know involved analytics has been in football. You see it from. You know, he saw in the pros first, and it's trickled all the way down even high school, where you know a lot of these, a lot of these high-powered offensive uh, or high-powered offensive and defensive coaches will look and check their stats and be like, all right, what's our percentage on this? And they'll kind of use it as a way to manage a game. Yeah. And you see that all the way in the pros, they're drawing their iPads, they're also checking their stats. What per, what percentage are they in fourth and three, fourth and two? They've got different plays for each one, and that's how the game has evolved um, with technology, which is really cool to see. And something we talked about earlier at the high school level, yeah. and, and the kids are smart enough to, to, to absorb all of that. Yeah. And the more they get piled on them, the more they absorb it and learn it. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, one thing I'll say um, that I owe to the, the maybe also being a coach's kid, but I owe to the, to the Vanderbilt system is, is when I went to college football, I could absorb any play, any system. Wow. I fit in. I know exactly what's going on right? um, because of, of how, you know, how advanced our offense and our systems are at Vancouver. Looks like we're going for the field, field goal. Yeah, field goal using design here, trying to get three points out of the drive. Good snap and hold. Mestimaker with the hold. The kick is up. And drilling it through was Ben Emanuel. And the Vikings get three points and increase their lead to 41 to 7. I wonder if uh, all those crickets out there are making it hard to kick. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a distraction. Probably hitting the football on the way yeah. back up in the yeah. air. They should give a couple bonus points how many crickets you can bring down when you kick a field goal like that. So a good drive for Mestimaker Divide. They wanted the seven, of course, yeah. but they moved it down the field and conservative, one group. Yeah, conservative to get the, you know, 40 looks nice. So I think that's kind of what they're thinking there right. to get up to that 40 number. Um, what would have been cool to go and get those guys a touchdown. But game is still got five minutes left, so maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see what kind of adjustments the defense made after giving up their first score of the night. Email still open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Still got time to give us a shout-out. Don't forget, we will be off next week. The Vipers have their bye week, or as Coach calls it, improvement week. Got a couple more emails here to get to, in fact. We'll get to them right after the kickoff. I love that saying, Improvement Week, because no matter where you are, I feel like everyone says it's Improvement Week and we're not taking a rest. Right. <laughs> Emmanuel's kickoff, a short high kick going to be fielded at the 10. Fair catch called for made. Tony Port will take over first down to the 25-yard line. Gene Kirby writes in from Fayetteville, Gage's biggest fans, GMA and, Gram- and GPS, who knows Grandma and Grandpa. A shout-out to a great guy. Thank you very much for the email there, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Joe Longsworth writing in. Old Viper fan says, greetings from Matt and Zach Zarentakis. Zarentakis' Uncle Joe in Pensacola, still a fan. 
strong performance from the Vipers tonight. Let's go undefeated this year. I like the way that sounds because that would be 16-0 in a state championship game. Yeah. I would not mind to see that either. First down and 10, Tigers. Handoff right side and not much running room. Drug down from behind. Beautiful job there in the open field tackle by Jacob Henry, the senior. Second down and 10. That was actually number 60, Adrian. Oh, that was 60, Mason. okay. Yeah. Thank you. Great tackle. Nice aggressive on the outside there. Bottling up their running back who kind of a, uh, became the guy in the second half. Right. Yeah, you're right. That is 60. Numbers kind of scrunched up on the jersey there. It's a good catch. Second down. He's getting, he's getting active. The jersey's getting messed up right. a little bit. Right, right. New quarterback in the game, and looks like a busted play, and the wife is going to make him pay for it as David Overhauser there to knock down Aiden Green. Overhauser with another aggressive finish. I'm loving how this Viper team is, is finishing their tackles. Yes. I love to see not, I love to see fast, aggressive defense, and that's what the Vipers have put out there tonight. A lot of tackles for loss. Yeah. How many sacks do they have no, thrown the ball no. much, but a lot of tackles for loss. They're sticking to the run. Looks like they're also trying to get out of here, so not trying to stop the clock too much. Besides their shots deep, you know, they're, they're keeping, they're sticking right. to the run game. Vipers up 41-7, 345 to go in the ball game. One receiver left, trips here to the near side. Receiver going in motion, now the pocket breaking down, and he is going to go down. A sack back in the 20. I said how many sacks tonight. And the Vipers get one right there. That was... Number 60, Adrian Macklin. 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 Nice sack. I see 58, but I don't have a 58 on my roster for the Vipers, unfortunately. In any event, fourth down and 15. Sometimes those numbers change with the jerseys and stuff. The season goes on, jersey gets ripped or something right. like that. So, Could be a JV player, player yeah. coming up with some... Indies in the defense. Pointing unit on here for the Tigers. Low end over end kick. Good bounce. Yeah, it takes a sideways bounce and down at the 49-yard line. So 244 to go. This is where Mestimaker will probably come in, drive him down the field, and take a knee at about the 10-yard line. Yeah. A punt of 29 yards on the play. So improvement week next week. We're off. And then return to action two weeks from tonight from the Northern Warrior Stadium against the Maynard Mustangs, which should be a good game, and also homecoming night in two weeks. That schedule's a bit weird this uh, year, right? We only have four home games? I think so, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. So not usually do we only have four uh, home games, so it'll be a little... seems like we're taking... Hey, we're, we seem to take um, going on a trip and going on the road just fine. Though, right, so. oh, yeah. Well, you know, you win the district, you get to host the playoff game. Yeah. So we'll pick up one there maybe. Mester Maker to Fortick. Big hole to the 40 to the 35-foot race. 25-20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Vandergrift. Tate Stevens was a run. And look at everyone get hyped up for Tate Stevens. That's what you <laughs> want to see. That's what you want to see. He just turned on the Jets and he was gone. I think that was him earlier in the game. I said about Carter Fordick. I misread the number, and then got it stuck in my head wrong. But you're look, right. Look Tate at Stevens. that sideline. They're the getting sideline. hyped up for Tate Stevens. I just love. I love to see that. I love to see guys 
who don't get their chance off, but when they get their chance, they go and score a touchdown. That yeah. is huge. Scoreboard's kind of long. It says 46 to 7. It's actually 47 to 7. Yeah. It's like we're got some issues on who's on PAT here, you know. Late in the game, it, it gets confusing on the special teams unit who's in, who's out. Right. And as an offensive lineman, you don't want to be on a <laughs> PAT block too badly, so sometimes you can kind of force into it. Emmanuel drills the extra point. So my apologies to Tate Stevens for misidentifying him earlier. Matt bails me out. Stevens takes him to the house on a big, big explosive run with 3.33 to go. The Vipers have a lead of 48-7. to They love that, especially for the seniors. Yeah. The guys who have been in the program and, and they've done, you know, everything – the coaches have asked them, finally getting a payoff on a, on a big stage like this. It's really awesome to see. Uh, yeah, late in the game with special teams units, I said, you know, offensive linemen don't like being on PAT field goal block. Right. You know, it's one of the worst positions to be in. I don't know if you've ever been on field goal or PAT block. But you sit there, and uh, if you're a guard or, or interior guy like me, um, defenses will stack two to three guys on you, <laughs> and you take the brunt force of three huge defensive linemen just attacking you. Um, and so, again, in, in games like this where we're getting everybody out, there's going to be some miscommunication on who gets in because the guys that, who, you know, the starters who are out, they don't want to go back in right. and be on PAT. So <laughs> they got to find somebody to go and do that. Paul Woods writes in, says, listening from Marshall, Michigan. Way to go, you missed the maker from Granny and Grandpa. Thank you, Paul. Short, high kick. Fair catch call for a mate again, and Stony Point with 2.33 to go. We'll get the football back. But the Vipers up 48-7. to Polly Eco writes in, says, so enjoying your sidekick tonight. What year did he graduate? I assume she means from high school. I can't remember myself. It would be high what, school, uh, 2019? Yeah. Yep. 19 from Vandergriff, and I just graduated from UMHB. Right. 23, so... Fresh double graduate now. Got a high school and a college degree. As everybody gets older in your eyes. Hand off right side. And out across the 30. And breaking the tackle down to the 40-yard line. Saving the touchdown was Riker Skoglin. Nice pickup, first down and 10. Yeah, great job staying disciplined by Skoglin there. Not letting up a bigger gain. Uh, kind of salvaging that big run. Yeah, I do feel old having you up there because yeah. I remember, you know, when we first started doing Spanica games in 2010 on the old K-Max Sports, and your dad had the picture of you and your brother and your sister, and you yeah. were what, like probably about 10 maybe? Yep, I was born in 2000, so it's easy to guess my age, yeah. so 2010. Yeah, um, yeah it's, been, it's been wild, you know, being here through the, you know, having the privilege of being here in the program since the beginning to now um, and know so many people. Um, you get It's kind of weird because so many people are like, wow, you're already yeah, you know, yeah. You're a grown man, basically. <laughs> How did that happen? And off right side. Oh, good open field tackle up into there. across the 40. Coming in back side, that was a Dylan Castro. Senior defensive back. Stopped that one for a one-yard pickup, second and nine. That was a great tackle by Castro there. The, uh, Gentry had a lot of space there. If he did not make that tackle, was able to trip him up right, right there. Only for a one-yard gain. Second and nine from the 41-yard line. Rob 
Ralphs leading a bank of Liberty Hillscott 28 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Liberty Hills played some crazy games this year. 82 to 80 over Huddle. That was not an overtime. Wow. I read something about that, and I, I, I thought it was a joke. And trip job. That's 40 to the 43-yard line on the carry for Stony Point, Amante Gentry. We got a second and seven. We're inside of a minute to go. Third and seven, pardon me. Nice job by uh, Carter Fiojic. Coach Dick, sorry if I put your name there, but he was, did a great job pushing his guy back and, and just blowing up that play. Yeah, Carter Ford. We'll give him credit for credit due because he's playing defense now. I kept yeah. trying to convert him into a running back. So he's on the field on defense and makes a good stop. They're down and seven from the 44-yard line. 20 seconds to go. Trips wide left. So replay around the left side. Cuts it up to 45. Breaks the oh. tackle to 50. And going to be wrestled out of bounds at the 34-yard line. Nice job there by Luke Miller. That may have been a touchdown otherwise. Yeah. Stations are doing a great job just kind of limiting these big plays. Um, at this point in the game, Tigers are just looking for anything to kind of get their offense coming and, and make it look a little bit better than it was. So um, Stations got to stay disciplined and make sure we can hopefully not let them score another touchdown here. First down, they'll stop the clock to move the chains. Eight seconds. We'll see as Tony Point tries to run another play. It doesn't look like they're going to. They are out of time. That's going to be your ball game. They line up and yeah. line up like they were going to, but that's game. Well, waiting for what the official. I'm not sure if there's some clock confusion there or what the deal was. Looks like they're going to put some time back on the clock. I think the clock was running when it wasn't when they were trying to get the chain set. Looks like they are going to run one more play. Yep, they put eight seconds back yep. on the clock. So first and ten from the 35-yard line. Nice push out of bounds there at the end. That's why I've right. been running. Wayne Green in the shotgun. Zone read right side trying to get the corner turn. Cuts it up at the 30. Inside the 25. Dragon tackles down to the 20-yard line. And that is going to do it. Now the scoreboard reads zero, and the Vanica Pipers are going to get the win tonight by a final score of 48-7. to Racing out to a big, big lead at the half again, and building on that lead in the second half. And the Vipers get the win to move to 4-0. More importantly, Matt Sanders, 1-0 just to play. All the games are important, but some games are more important than others. As soon as you get in the district, um, it kind of tightens down the preparation. Everything is like, all right, this is the real deal now. We want to go get our district title. And this will propel us into our playoff run in the future. Um, so this is a big win for the Vipers. And and it was a great job by them in the second half. Um, I said I, I was hoping for two touchdowns. We got the two touchdowns two plus touchdowns. a field goal. Right. So that's exactly what we want to see um, as we're kind of throttling down the offense at the end of the game. The 48 to 70 final score, the Vipers get the win. We'll take an extended break. When we come back, we'll hear Coach Sanders with his hallmarks. And uh, then we'll also hear from him later on as a Buck Bounds. And we'll grab him here and we'll get his thoughts on the aftermath of this ball game. And be back to wrap this one up and send you off into improvement. We 48 to 70 score. We'll take a break and be right back for the postgame show. Danny Good Five football on the horn. What's up, Viper fans? Coach Sanders here with the Viper Minute, uh, the minute where we talk about things other than the X's and O's of Viper football. We have been going through our hallmarks, discipline, effort, toughness, and honor. And today, game four, we're on honor. Our tagline with honor is, um, it's not about me, it's about us. And it just 
as the saying says, I mean, we this society these days, but actually from the beginning of time, everybody's kind of always been about them. It's definitely, I think, worse now these days with everybody's having social media and, and everything like that. Um, but we start our lives thinking about ourselves, and that's part of survival. Um, but we want to get, as we mature, away from that some and realize that there's value in when we put other people first. So that's what that saying means, and you can obviously see how that would help a football team reach its potential. Um, with 11 starters, I mean, you're not going to have everybody be the man. So sometimes you got to be the alignment. Sometimes you got to be the backup alignment. Sometimes you got to be the backup receiver or special team star. And if you've got in your head that it's not about me, it's about us, and whatever I can do to contribute to the team, that's going to really help you have a better attitude and be more successful. And that's going to help teams be better. And I think that's one of the things we do really well at Vandergriff is we tell everybody their role, and then they jump into their role where it is. And then we could go even further with this. It's not about me. It's about us philosophy of when these young people start their jobs, most likely they're not going to be the president of the company. They're going to have to start at the bottom, and they have to understand that they have to provide a role for their company. Whatever that may be. They might have to cold call as a salesman. Only only young bucks have to do that. They might have to start at the bottom as an assistant coach, as a teacher coach. So it's just all of those things, I think, this concept of it's it's not always about me. Okay? I need to understand that I might want to put somebody else first. And then we can even last thing we'll talk about, for example, these days they might grow up and get married, okay, if they're lucky enough and they've got to be able to handle that role of a husband and father the right way. I don't feel like doing laundry sometimes, but I know I need to because it's not about me. I need to help out my wife sometimes and, and, and or, or just keep the house in general nice and neat for everyone else, you know, things like that. I think all of that's such great lessons for young people to learn, and, and we're glad to try to help uh, teach them that through our hallmark of honor. Thanks, Cole. 48 to 7. The Vipers with the big win tonight over the Stony Point Tigers to get the win and go to 1 0 in district. Uh, Merle Bertrand here along with Matt Sanders. Had a few minutes to kind of process. So, what are your thoughts now after you've uh, seen this Viper win go 4 0 in the season so far? Yeah, it's uh, like I said kind of before the game. Um, it's, this is a special team. Um, you know, and, and when I was back um, playing, we were, you know, we would win games to be really close, and, and, you know, we always had that hyper edge where we're going to come out in a close game, we're going to get late in the game, we're right. going to finally come back, put it away. Um, but this team, you know, almost doesn't even have to do that because they've been so dominant. Um, and so I, I think that what I've seen has been great play all, all sides of the ball, great defensive play, great offensive play we have, and great um, quarterback play. The only thing I think is we just haven't been super tested as, as a, the season goes on. And so with all these kind of big leads we're getting, that's my only concern. But I think everything else is great in Viper Town. Yeah, sometimes it might be a situation where your best competition are the guys in, in, in yeah. that you're practicing with, Yeah. which isn't a bad thing because you're going to get better. I mean, right. that's for sure when you got a good defense and a good offense, ones will get, once again, ones in practice, right? Right, and, and that's how it was in college, too. You know, we would um, at UMHB, we're, you know, always top four in the nation, right. all that stuff, and, and you get in, into the conference play, and a lot of the guys can – you're just blowing guys out after, you know, team after team. You're just blowing them out. And it gets to the point where 
you don't even you're kind of not focused on the district or the conference game, for example. Right. You're just looking for the playoffs because that's what you're fighting for. You're looking for that another championship. Um, and so I think it's really important for this Viper team to stay focused, take it one game at a time, and keep improving. They already look really sharp, and, and, and we didn't see a lot of mistakes out there tonight, but we can always improve from where we're at, and that's how we're going to go win a championship. Yeah, because the one thing that we know is, and we talked about it all year long, we talked about it the past couple of years, any team that plays the Vipers is going to give their best effort. Yep. Vanderbilt's going to have a huge, uh, huge uh, bullseye on their back. Right. Well, Brock has just joined us, but before we get him on the microphone, he had a chance to catch up with head coach Hugh Sanders just a couple of moments ago. So let's hear what uh, Coach Sanders had to say about tonight's big Viper 48-7 win. All right, after a 31 to nothing lead in the first half, how do you feel about your team's second half performance? Yeah, I really was impressed. You know, we had one drive where we let some just some no-pressure rush, like a three-man rush, get to us two times in a row. That was disappointing, so we'll go back and look at what, what went on there. Um, and then um, I thought we didn't tackle particularly well on the edge a couple of instances, so I need to go back and study the tape. Other than that, um, I thought I really liked the way we came out and moved the ball, ran the ball well, made some plays. And then I, it's so nice to see guys like Tate scoring a touchdown there at the end. I and mean, he's just a heart and soul. Guys like him are the heart and soul of Vandergrift football. Uh, you have a lot of momentum, and you're going into a bye week. How do you plan on, on keeping things going? Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to enjoy this one tonight. That's one thing I've learned over the years is just don't ever skip a victory. Like, enjoy it. So we're going to enjoy this. We'll go get some Whataburger, some Dairy Queen or something like that and enjoy it. We'll get back to work and grade the tape. And then we're going to take a, um, a day off or so. And then we're going to have a little shortened practice. But we still got to be physical. We still have to stay sharp because Maynard, I'm sure, uh, Maynard's doing very well in their game. I'm just positive they are. They're a great program. And uh, we got them next. I mean, there's just no rest for the weary. Your son was uh, disappointed at halftime. He thought you all would be up by more. Anything, anything you want me to tell him when, when I go up there? You know, we'll just keep striving to reach his expectations. All right. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, thanks. Oh, man. Brock just got mad in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have high expectations for, for Vandegrift football. Um, 31 points isn't enough for me. I was hoping for actually 60 points in the first half. Uh, we'll see if we can get that this season at all. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't lying to him. <laughs> well, you know, you had, you had a, a free Whataburger coming. You might not have it. You might no, have to pay for it next time now. I'm making some of my own money now. I've got that <laughs> grown man money, so I'll, I won't be put out too much on the free Whataburger. Well, uh, Brock has, has joined us here, and, uh, you know, we wondered what the move would be in the second half, and I think you saw it uh, with the, the, the touchdown run there especially late in the game by Tate Stevens just getting mobbed in the sidelines. Yeah. No, it was it was awesome. It was a great scene um, all around with him. And I think that was the best that they've looked in the second half all year. I agree. Honestly. Um, they looked really good. No drop-off in energy from that first-half performance, mm-hmm. you know, into the second half. It was it was awesome. Well, what do you expect? Uh, I'm going to ask Matt this because he's been part of the program. We talk about it being uh, uh, improvement week what other people call the bye week. So what's the team going to be doing now over the next two weeks? Yeah, um, improvement week or, you know, just the bye week. You know, I feel like every, like I said, every coach likes to call it improvement week or get better week or, you know, whatever. They like to have their own little zip to it. Um, But looking into that, it's really just, you know, you're going to have the same kind of practices. They're going to be less, um, slightly less intense, you know, contact-wise. You're going to get the guys that are, banged up, you're going to pull back on them, let them rest a little bit. Right. Um, but you're also going to prepare mentally for the next game. So um, who do we have uh, to now? Uh, so Maynard, it's going to be, it's gonna be, be, a, it's gonna be a, a tough game for Maynard, I think, because now we've got two weeks to prepare for Maynard, because all you do is just think about your next opponent. Well, we've got two weeks to think about him. Right. Um, so that's just how, you know, 
turns that two weeks into basically almost one long week of preparing for one opponent. Well, i got to ask uh, uh, Brock this. What the heck is going on with the crickets? Dude, one just landed <laughs> in my mouth as I was walking up here. <laughs> it is, it, is it as bad as it looks? Oh, it's uh, worse. It's it? 100 times worse. Yeah, you can't see the little ones on the field right now. Yeah. Up yeah. Here. They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> it's well, bad. I should have known because when I got and I, I love this vantage point here, thanks to the, the Irene uh, and everybody with the Ron Rock ISD for getting us all set up and that kind of thing. I should have known it was going to be weird, though, because when I got here to start setting up my stuff, some sort of a big beetle or something dropped from the ceiling and scared the crap out of me. So Yeah, he came back for seconds as soon as I got in here, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I should have known the insects were going to, going to rule the, the roost here tonight at Dragon Stadium. Well, the final thoughts here before we get ready to, to wrap it up and uh, take a week off and get back at it, Brock? No, I'm looking forward to the week off. not going to lie. So <laughs> get back at it in two weeks. All right, sounds good. Matt? Awesome job tonight. Yeah, thank never you. Known uh, he's never done it before, folks. No, that, that's no. what he said. He's never done it before. Dad had to talk him into doing <laughs> it. And, uh, you know, you might be arm wrestling uh, Hank and, and Scott for the, for the spots. In the yeah, they, 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 can, uh, they can have their jobs back. I had a ton of fun. Um, anytime you ever need an emergency QB, I'll, I'll be your Christian McCaffrey. I'll come back there in you here go. And, and sub back in. Um, but thanks for having me on. It was a, it was a ton of fun, Merle. Uh, it was a great opportunity. So, yeah. Well, I really enjoyed it. Great job. And, uh uh, you know, we'll see you again before the end of the year. Sure. Out, I'm sure. So that's going to do it for us tonight. And, again, the Vipers have their improvement week next week. So we'll be back with you from Monroe Memorial Stadium two weeks from tonight for homecoming as the Vipers battle the Mano Mustangs. For my special guest broadcast partner tonight, Matt Sanders, Brock Bollinger, our producer and sideline reporter, Cole Dixon, back at the studio, and Christina Weber-Bertrand on the Vipes side. My name is Merle Bertrand signing out from Dragon Stadium in Ron Rock, where the Vanderbilt Vipers have defeated the Stony Point Tigers by a final score of 48 to seven. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon for more Viper football right here on the Horn. Good night, everybody.